0: Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Welcome to Chicago, where the fire serves cold with the
1: Coming from the true Chicago sports fan cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes sir. <laughs> there it is. Episode 88 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That is TrueFan 15, go and get your official TCSF shirts now Now (laughs) As always, I am Big Z and I'm here with my boy E-Rock Hey yo, what's going on E? (laughs)
2: What's up, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you are a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. You can find us on Facebook at True Chicago Fans. You can follow us on Twitter at True Chi Fans. That's True Chi Fans. And on Instagram at True Chicago Sports Fans. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true chicago sports fans go on over there and click on support and you can subscribe to the show for as low as 99 cents a month listen do you like the show i do are you a fan i am then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends and talk about sports movies and all types of ill shit together z what's up brother how are you doing how was your week
1: Dude, I'm I'm doing really good. It, it's nice. It is actually spring now, which is freaking awesome. We get an extra hour of um, sunlight, and um, from the word on the grapevine, is that the uh, the Senate passed it. Now we're waiting for the uh, the other side, the uh, other side of the idiots that don't that don't agree to pass the law that will keep it th- the same way starting next year.
2: I, I look, I, I like it the way it is, man, because you know you kind of welcome you. It gives you something to look forward to right it gives you that that time to look forward to it gives you that extra hour in the in the fall which is kind of cool if you're especially i remember being out at the bar and all of a sudden like it's you know it's one o'clock all over again like oh shit, you know that's that was always fun and then you have something to look forward to when it switches back over I, i'm fine with the system the way it is people just want something to complain about
1: uh, I I get it I, I do remember going out to the bar I'm Like oh I get to party till 5 in the morning now <laughs> They can't kick me out Yeah that's one thing but like now I'm like I'd rather enjoy more sunlight Than the less sunlight that's for me so But here's the thing, like
2: the the time change doesn't affect the sunlight. It just gives you a a change in your day when the sun starts to rise. Right. So that's the purpose of that, because you know what I mean? And like I said, it it does give you something else to kind of, okay, here comes the change in the season, because I know once daylight savings comes and and you get the time change. You sit there and you jump ahead, and all of a sudden, oh shit, it's sunnier earlier. But when you get to the winter, I mean, it's going to be eight o'clock in the morning. It's still going to be fucking dark out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know that, know that would mean? be, that's
2: an, the difference. That,
1: that would, would be an off. Yeah. That would be an adjustment. That, so maybe you're right. If maybe keeping it the same way might be the best way to go, but I don't know. I like the sunlight. I don't know.
2: You don't get more sunlight in the winter. It's not like the time change changes the actual sunlight you get.
1: No, I know what you're saying, but like, I understand what you're saying. Some we get less sunlight in the afternoon. Like what you're saying is like we get out of work and it's it's already dark and we leave for work in the morning. And it's dark, so that's that's the issue there. Is, it's also very depressing when you don't see the sun because you uh, were. Uh, you are at work while the sun is out So finishing this week out It was the last week before I'm on break I'm actually on break right now This is uh, day what two Yeah day two of the break And it's going pretty good Because it's been relaxing uh, So yeah it's spring break bitches That's right so, and it's a perfect time because i've been watching a whole bunch of ncaa basketball and it's been nuts uh your boy made a bracket your boy went down i only put 20 bucks i didn't bet a whole i didn't bet the farm on it uh one of my guys from college hit me i was like come on do a bracket you never do a bracket with me fine did a bracket i haven't looked at it i know i got some upsets in there so i'm not gonna look at it and i don't know what the point system is but you know i'm I've been having a bad mark betting, so um, at this point, it's a shot in the dark, and if I win something, I win. If I don't, eh, I really don't care because I'm watching NCAA basketball that's being unbelievable left and right.
2: Yeah, I mean, this tournament has been a lot of fun so far. Uh, a lot uh, You know, you got your Cinderella story, and uh, you got a couple local teams. We'll uh, We'll do a little bit of a deeper dig into that a little bit later on.
1: Yeah, that's right. Also, E, I know I sent you some some DMs, some some pictures earlier this week. I was lucky to meet former Bears Garrett Wolf and Calvin Hayden. Uh, yeah, so your boy's been uh, doing this thing, m- meeting some uh, celebrities out there. And uh, unfortunately, you were not out there since you're the biggest bear head. Um, I don't know. You you might have to uh, apply for some more hall passes from the wife uh, to come hang out with me so you can meet some people
2: man look you know it's it's about to be softball season it ain't got nothing to do with a, the hall pass has to do with i'm always busy i mean if i'm not if i'm not over here working on the show planning the show writing the show and then recording on sundays i mean you know it's it, i'm either doing softball or we got work events so i mean like you know it, it, my my bar days are are few and far between but that's because i got all this shit going on <laughs>
1: Oh man, your boys are gonna be busy as hell this week. With the I plan my week out. Uh, let's see, Monday night I'll be at Monday Night Raw. I'm going with one of my college buddies from from Harold uh, uh, Washington. Uh, we go to a show or two every year, and um, this is the first time in about three years that we're actually be able to be able to go to a show together. Because every time we buy tickets, the other one can't go. So <laughs> we've been trading these tickets off, and finally we're gonna be able to go. He bought some pretty good seats. I'm excited because it is Wrestlemania season.
2: What? What? What?
1: What? What? I know me, Gigantor, uh, and even yourself are are excited because this is one of the pay-per-views that you actually watch. It's one of your favorites, the WrestleManias. So um, I'm excited to that. We'll see to that. Wrestlemania is like a three-day thing now. It's, It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's in Texas. Yeah. So WrestleMania is two nights, and then you have the NXT uh, part of it, which is the, the Friday before, which is it, they'll do that. And then you also have the SmackDown, and then you also have uh, uh, the Hall of Fame. It is a jam-packed weekend, and they're trying to be like the NFL where they have something every day for that whole week
2: yeah i mean they, they, this is their super bowl i mean this it's literally wrestlemania It is the event that any person who's ever watched wrestling has at least heard of wrestlemania watched wrestlemania made it appointment television over the years i mean you know we're, we're going into what it's got to be uh nearly 40 years at this point 38 yeah so i mean we're getting close there and uh when is wrestlemania this year man
1: it's coming up in a couple weeks it's, in, it's
2: about two weeks from now Okay, I just want to make sure that I'm in town for it. Because I will <laughs> be here next week, and I, I, I hate, I hate that shit. I get, I get FOMO. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, always like, man, I wish I, I wish I would have seen it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like I said. There's probably about four events all uh, uh, wrestling year that I'll watch: uh, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. I think SummerSlam, and there's uh, what's the other Survivor one? Series. Thri- they, you know, Survivor another, like, Series, bigger-
1: SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble. Those are your your. Those are your okay. Four. Yeah,
2: yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Because I, yeah, I, I remember watching uh, um, Royal Rumble, and that was that last one that right. was on. So uh, WrestleMania will definitely be fun. And, and like I said, that's one of those ones where we'll actually all sit together and like and just sit there and drink and, and eat. And you know, it's like a, a Super Bowl of wrestling. I kind of don't like that it's now two days. I get what they're trying to do, but I kind of I, I like seeing the the show in one shot. It actually to me puts more significance on every match because you're getting hyped up as you go. But now you have to make like you have to set aside an entire weekend for it, and that's kind of uh, I don't know, man. I figure I, I feel like you're gonna pick you're gonna figure out which day you're gonna watch, and that's the one you're gonna pay more attention to.
1: I, okay, I totally agree with you. I think having it on one day, even though it was maybe like a four hour event, maybe five hour event. You can pick and choose what matches you're like, oh, it's just a tag team. I'm not really interested. I'm going to I'm gonna go get a beer, go get some sandwich or something, come back, and it's the next match. Now you're, like, planning your whole weekend, like, oh, I want to see the Brock Lesnar match. Oh, I want to see the uh, the celebrity match that they're going to have. They're going to have, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, from uh, Jackass, um, Knoxville, Johnny, Johnny Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah, he's in, he's in one of the matches. You know, and they, they're going to have uh, um, Paul, the, the, the fake, fake boxer. Jake Paul's going to be there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so you're going to have all these different attractions that, that are, are going to bring these uh, uh, casual fans, and then the non-fans are going to be part of it, but then the, the main fans are like, I want to watch this match, that match. And it is broken up so much that you're like, it, it kind of dilutes the, the yeah. specialty, because back in the day, it was an event like, hey, we're all going to order pizza, we're going to have drinks, we're going to have everything ready, and WrestleMania starts at 6 and it ends at 10.30. And you know what? For those four and a half hours, you're eating drinking and talking shit to each other and you're re- wearing your wrestling gear and having a great time
2: like the super bowl i mean yes. you think about what time what time do we get to get the, the game starts at what five we usually get together around three because we're eating and drinking for a while before the game even starts then you got the whole game then you got halftime, then you got the second half and then you got the sports ceremony so you're sitting there and you're starting to like imbibe around two or three in the afternoon and you're not done till 11 o'clock so i mean to me that's a whole sports day you can plan your day around that and that's where to me wrestlemania fails it's not like football where you can you're gonna have your consistent like local hardcore fans And and even just NFL fans who are rabid uh, will watch the Saturday games and then go ahead and watch the Sunday games, considering the fact that it's also during the winter, you know, because that's that's the best thing about NFL is that's why they get so many eyes. They are in a perfect season where everyone's staying home in front of the television. Well, guess what? Now spring is here and uh, WrestleMania is going to have to contend with nice weather.
1: Yeah, well, that's a good thing because they do stadiums now. Uh, actually, it's in Texas now, and it's a covered stadium. But usually right now what the WrestleMania or WWE is doing is they're going after the humongous stadiums. If it's a brand-new stadium, guess what? They want to have a WrestleMania there. And most of these stadiums are closed uh, or, or have a dome where they can retract it and so forth. So that makes it a, a, a destination. I'm not I'm not a fan of the two days because, I mean, can well, you that, imagine? That's what I mean.
2: Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Is that they they have to compete with the home viewer versus nice weather. Do I sit at home and watch WrestleMania live and tweet about it and all that stuff, or do I go to the bar do I go outside and barbecue because it's nice outside? That's what I mean by competing. Oh, with- okay.
1: Christmas. All right, no, no, I get it. And, and usually, it's usually not this late. WrestleMania is usually not this late in the year. Um, but you know, everything moves around um, with what's going on. We've seen the NFL move their stuff around and. You know, the NFL's king. But to finish off my points, bowling last Tuesday, yes, we won again. We we took five out of seven points. We only lost the first game, but we took everything else. Uh, this Wednesday, uh, I'm planning to clean out my place, man. This place has like little pockets here and there that have been, you know, haven't been cleaned in years. And it, it, it's time. And I wish uh, I had somebody all to help the, me out. All... <laughs> what was that? The crash? all the nooks and crannies yeah all the nooks and crannies that, that that haven't been moved around for a while like a bunch of sports stuff that's just been hanging uh, that's been on the floor that hasn't been hung up all that kind of stuff needs to be done um that's all gotta be done and then thursday um our friend said i mean yeah go ahead
2: look man look look man i, I spent a few hours at your place reorganizing all your sports displays and all that stuff so it's it's on prime position so you know, it, it's like uh, was a Marie Kondo when she's like, all right, t- this is only the things that bring you happiness and everything else you throw away. I did that for you. It was up to you to keep that shit up, man.
1: And no, it's it's pretty much uh, um, how you left it inside the apartment. The office is the only thing that has been moved around. And I still got some stuff to move around in the office. But that's, that's what I'm talking about. The nooks and crannies. I got the printers here that are used like maybe once or twice a year. People are like, oh, you got a printer? Actually yeah I do have a printer and it actually works So those kind of things <laughs> that, that just sit There that don't only get used a couple of years uh, Time of year um, and then uh, Sandra our friend invited me to a networking Event this Thursday and I'll, uh, so I'll make An experience there and I'll represent the company And the podcast um, I think it's a woman's uh, uh, social event and um, they asked me to come in and, and maybe talk to some of these um new entrepreneurs so i'll be taking doing that and then friday i'm gonna celebrate my last friday of vacation and i'll be partaking in some adult beverages so if anybody wants to um have a good time and then take some uh adult beverages um we're gonna do that so i don't know if you're free on friday <laughs>
2: Well, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll see how that works out for me Because uh, we're going on vacation night that that Saturday So um, But yeah, I mean I, I You kind of flipped the script on me I, Usually I talk about What I did in the past week And you just gave me A whole uh, future outlook Of uh, the forecast of Well, you're, you leaving. Going you're
1: leaving You're leaving You're not going to be here next week I
2: got to tell you What I'm going to do hey, You didn't but you didn't tell me about your past week. What? How was your week? Now, how was your week going to? It really? Be? It was,
1: I really, all I did was prepare for the NCAA tournament and prepare for the end of the school year. I mean, there was fights and there was all types of stuff. I texted you what happened. I don't want you to talk yeah. about that down there. So, all that stuff yeah. was happening, and I had to turn in some reports. So it was kind of kind of boring when it came to work. I mean, all I really do is, that's exciting is, is bowling and, and this podcast. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's why I said I got an exciting week coming up because it's all jam packed.
2: There you go. Well, you finally found something to do. But uh, as as for me, I mean, this week flew uh, flew right by. I mean, it was the week of playoffs for my daughter's basketball team. Uh, they had a tough first game as the number two seed, and they end up losing that game uh, to the eventual champions. And then uh, they went on to face the number four seed. Uh, they were just frustrated, like one of their their best players didn't even show up for that that last game for that third place game and uh and our best player who uh i've, I've been coaching for a couple of years in softball and she's just a very uh, awesome uh naturally gifted athlete and she was just getting beaten up uh, up and down the floor i mean I, I i got frustrated i will i'm over here like standing up yelling at the refs at a, you know at sixth grade uh, basketball game and yeah. telling them like hey there's no tackling in basketball I'm trying to explain that. And the little girl, I'm and at the end of the game. I literally stood up. I was just, Hey, y- y'all get that little girl a pillow for as much time. As she spent laying on the floor because they were knocking them, knocking her over all over the place. And they were just not calling it. Um, but yeah, the, the team that, that beat them eventually went on to uh, win the whole thing. And then they, uh, they played another, they played the number four seed to for that third place game. And they just, you know, they didn't care. I mean, you know, it just, they were, de- they were defeated at that point, And I think the other team was just happy to be there. And we really expected to be uh uh, actually competing for the championship because this this team that we that we lost to was the team we beat about a week ago that, that we ruined their uh, perfect season so it just it just kind of sucked to see the girls get dejected I mean I'm really excited to see them grow and get better next year I mean the, you know these kids are 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 you know passionate about what they do and it's just really cool because I feel like we didn't really have those opportunities when I was that age but uh, you know it's it's nice to be involved with the youth youth sports now and we got softball starting up again we got practices and it was finally getting a little bit nicer outside so we'll be able to go outside they, they were outside today and, and to me like the practices to be honest like I love going to the games with the practices are always more fun you get to bond with your players your other coaches try out new things just have fun without the pressure of trying to win or lose or make mistakes you know we just treat it as a class like the learning experience so that's really uh important to me and uh you know, other than that, just getting ready for the uh, my birthday next week, the baby's birthday next week. We're going to take some time off knock back some uh, silver bullets, amongst some other things. And, you know, just finally relax and not do anything uh, as far not doing anything important for a week. I mean, it must be nice to take all these trips, man. Uh, all these trips. Let me remind you, this is old school road trip, get in the car and we're going to be gone for a weekend. This is not like, uh, hey, we're going to Japan for a month. You know what I mean? This is not the same, yeah. but it's fun. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to take a little bit of time off. We got a nice big place that we're going to be staying at in Tennessee. Um, and, uh, you know, we got some family coming. And like I said, there's, uh, you know, two birthdays to celebrate. So it'll be a lot of fun.
1: No oh, man, uh, safe travels I mean, I know you so far You you went to Kentucky And, and now you're going to, to Tennessee So you know the route to get there <laughs> You're very familiar well, with it now well,
2: Like I said, as long as I don't
1: play uh, Enrique Calderon too loud They'll let me in <laughs> 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 Y te lo dice Enrique Calderon <laughs> <laughs> but, Yeah, yeah gentlemen. Go ahead man. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get past Indiana uh, Turn that down
2: Ladies and gentlemen, springtime is here. You might be on spring break, so it's time to clean out your closets like Z's doing. But maybe you need a fresh start, so let me tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at ACSI. With over 50 expert technicians in the Chicagoland area, ACSI offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring. Whether residential cable installation, fiber to the home, or commercial structured cable wiring. ACSI is a proud partner of Comcast and Astound, powered by RCN. Fans let me tell you the most impressive thing about ACSI. The ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic and ACSI was awarded Hacia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever acsi is now hiring for field sales technicians and project managers check out acsi.tech that's acsi.tech and click on careers to apply today acsi is an equal opportunity employer
1: go get your job
2: Please go get you a new gig this week. It's turning time. We talk some NCAA hoops with our local teams making a run. We also talk about the Bulls continued decline and where they're going to be playing going into the playoffs. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, spring training, baseball, and a lot, a lot of free agency moves and baseball. Carlos Correa finally finds a home, but where will he be? And a little bit about the new Japanese acquisition by the Cubs, C.S. Suzuki, who finally signed his new deal. And in the bottom line, Ryan Poles is continuing to reshape this roster in the way that he sees fit. So we're going to take a little bit deeper look at all the moves that Ryan Poles has made so far. And of course, stirring the pot and what you looking at? But first, this is the big three.
1: <laughs> Thanks E Rock. I'm Big Z and you're not. Now for today's stories. Yo E, I got some stories for you, so let's start with story number one. And this one, I don't want to massage it. I'm gonna tell you the straight truth. <laughs> Okay, Deshaun Watson has been traded, and the contract uh, could change parts of the NFL forever. Immediately after the details of the Deshaun Watson trade uh, to the Cleveland Browns of all places came together this Friday, the long term ramifications of the NFL began to buzz through the front offices and the league's agent community. They reworked the contract for richer so what they're saying is that this man got a fully guaranteed five years 90 million dollars more than patrick mahomes that is insane i got more than that but i want i want ease reaction of this man who did not play he hasn't played for i think what a season and a half he's got a bunch of civil suits uh coming after him so the nfl still hasn't suspended him and he gets rewarded and he dictates where he's going to go and gets fully guaranteed the first fully guaranteed for a quarterback every penny's guaranteed this is insane e give me give me your thoughts
2: anyway so uh yeah deshaun watson i mean he had a 2021 trade demand and right after that there was a bunch of sexual misconduct allegations coming out talking about uh massage therapy sessions that he would uh undress and uh you know start to kind of do something dirty with himself in front of these uh masseuses and uh you know we went through all this mess about who should he play again what is going to happen with Deshaun Watson everything like that and then finally it comes down to it after a year of him not playing in the NFL now we're sitting here and he not only is is cleared of all criminal charges but now he has the biggest contract for a quarterback in NFL history after a trade from the Texans over to the Browns so there's a lot of different ramifications for this number one like you were talking about the, the, um, the money the money itself. I mean, you're talking about so much money, and the way that they allocated it over the years. You know, you're talking about a five-year, two hundred and thirty million dollar deal, and it's a signing bo- bonus of forty-four point nine million. But that gives him an average salary of forty million dollars. Now that's right below what uh, um, Aaron Rodgers ended up getting with about fifty million a year for a four-year deal. But I mean, this is this is such such a weird time when you're talking about everything that's gone on with Watson. I mean, the fact that he still has 22 civil lawsuits and the NFL investigation that could result in a suspension because he just sat there. They didn't know what to do with him last year. He was basically out and they says, nope, can't play. And I don't remember if that was a team thing or an NFL thing. But the thing is, now you're talking about like what's going to happen because you also have to look at the uh, collective bargaining agreement and the personal conduct policy. I mean, you have to see what they're going to uh, allow for him if he's going to be able to play because like i said a grand jury declined to indict him last week and that was his biggest hurdle to go over but now you have to deal with all these civil suits which are probably going to be sit the, uh, settled out of court considering the fact that this man just signed a 230 million dollar deal okay so all you did was guarantee that this shit's going to go away as far as the uh, uh the lawsuits and all that stuff because the grand jury decided not to indict him so what does this really say about like the the what NFL has over the rest of the country that the, the fact that they can get away with shit like this because that's what i feel like is happening right now
1: i i completely agree with you it's rewarding someone for whatever behavior it was because right now as far as the criminal charges those got those are dropped so there is no criminal charges now it goes to the civil courts and he has 22 of those cases and each one has a dollar amount attached to it so this man is getting paid but funny that he's getting paid but the way his contract is structured. It's structured for Watson to also uh, uh to lower his base salary in twenty twenty-two this year down to one million dollars and uh three thousand five hundred, something like that. The concern is pointing pretty much at the NFL saying, Hey, I know you're gonna suspend me and you're gonna suspend me and, and fine me, but you can't find me more than that, what I make. So if you're gonna find me for let's say eighty percent of my salary, okay, cool. Take eighty percent of, of you know, and I'll make two hundred thousand this year. And uh, I'm most of that's going to go to taxes, anyways. But I'm going to make everything on the back end, so it pretty much he's in collusion with the, the Cleveland Browns and saying, Hey, this is what I wanted. I wanted to come here, fully guarantee my stuff. I want to make more than anybody else, and I want you to restructure this contract so when I do get suspended, it doesn't bite me in the ass long term.
2: You, you, you know, the, the thing is, is that. You look at the route that the NFL has tried to take since Colin Kaepernick decided to take a knee, right? You had the fact that number one, they just blackballed him from the NFL. We've heard about him lately uh, working out with Tyrod Taylor and Justin Fields, uh, just to kind of keep himself going in case somebody does come calling. But I mean, considering the fact that basically, that like I said, the NFL blackballed him after he took a knee, and then several other players that they just really looked down upon for taking some type of social access, action, you know, and 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 going against uh, uh, the norm what people were expecting them to do Um, and then the fact that we saw guys like Ray Rice and we saw uh, Kareem Hunt and and other players uh, show violence towards women and we saw all these other things that like Mike Vick uh, with the dog we've seen them punish players for bad behavior outside of football you got them with their they do the women's history month they have the anti-racism slogans on the helmets and on the field and all these things it just seems very fake very fake when we don't know really what's going on with the sean watson right now has the nfl even really looked into what's going on with him is any of this true i know the doj didn't have enough um, um evidence evidence to put against him to actually indict him on what's what he is being charged of and what he's being accused of but i mean like i said it just seems like it, it's a very big you know, screen. So look, look how pretty this thing is. Look, what we're doing for you. Hey, looking look. It's Breast Cancer Month. We're wearing the the socks and we're all this shit and salute your troops and all this other bullshit. And you sit there and when it really comes down to the nitty gritty, you see what what this man has been accused of. And and you know the teams are like, yep let's get him. Come on, we need this. We're desperate. We need players. Give me money. Get you know what I mean? It's like fuck, man. It, it's just that's the disheartening part of it. There's a lot of good things that the NFL does and and does right, but this feels dirty.
1: It just feels like hypocrites a uh, very being a very big hypocrite because you had Robert Kraft who got caught in the act at the, the 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 massage parlor, like that was a federal sting that they went there and it just so happens that he was there, but he was caught literally with his you know in you know with his you know what in his hand, and he got no. No penalty no no trouble he wasn't ousted out of the nfl he didn't have to pay so much money he didn't have to go do like uh community service he didn't have to do uh, uh uh counseling he had to do nothing but this black player asked for a trade and then all of a sudden there's 25 different allegations of 25 different things that he did in massage parlors and and something else i just kind of feel like it's very hypocritical the nfl because you're not one of the big white boys that own one of the uh, the franchises if you're a person of color and you're you're playing do as you're told just like the the news the news reporter said to, to LeBron right shut up and dribble right and that's because a person of color but when a person of color speaks out they get ostracized you got Colin Kaepernick he he can't go back to the NFL they're not going to let him go back in you know They're not going to let him go back in because he spoke out, because he took a stand on his personal uh, point of view. Did he hurt anybody? No. He didn't hurt anybody, and that's what bugs me the most. He caused nobody any harm, and he was ahead of his time kind of bringing awareness to what's happening with police brutality and inequalities and all this stuff that came out. But people who beat their wives, beat their girlfriends, Actually had a, a, a murder case against him, Ray Rice. All this stuff, and they get to continue to play. This makes no sense to me.
2: Ray well, hey, Ray Ray Lewis had the murder charge.
1: Ray Lewis. Leroy,
2: but, Ray, Leroy uh Butler had like uh, ran somebody over or something like that. So yeah. it, it's out there. I mean, there are other cases out there, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just like I said, it it just it just feels dirty. It just feels dirty. Um, You know, and the Browns, I mean, I I guess it's the right team because, I mean, considering the fact that they're the ones that currently have Kareem Hunt on that roster, they've had a couple of controversial players on that roster in the last couple of years. And who knows what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. Now, that's I I think that's kind of an interesting uh, idea. What's going to happen with him and and where he's going to end up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, (sighs) I still peep I still see people, Bears fans specifically, talking about the fact that uh, the Bears drafted Trubisky over Watson, and uh, and now, oh, you know, he's he's been proven innocent. Hey, innocent people don't have that much smoke around him. No. I'm sorry. No, e- you know, e- even if you want to, even if you want to say that 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 you know, other players who may be lacking melanin may have had a, a easier nice. shot, maybe have not been uh, accused or charged with anything you know anything similar like that but i mean you know hey look at big ben look it's been around man it, he there's not it's not an isolated case you know but i it just the whole thing him him finally being able to uh, be reinstated and just getting traded with a just a bunch of fucking money it just it just feels dirty man
1: what do you do you think that the uh compensation was uh granted the, what is it uh three first rounders a third and a fourth is that right uh I didn't I didn't look in, into
2: the the numbers on that trade too much, but uh um yeah, I mean Jesus three, three, first three, first, three first, I mean you you know, sometimes you get people trading one or two first for a pick, you know, or you know what I mean, like like low level or you see a player getting uh getting traded by a couple picks. I mean, don't forget Watson's only what in his uh this is gonna be his seventh season, sixth or seventh season in the league. Because I'm pretty sure Trubisky, yeah, Trubisky was uh there for four with the bears they they did not pick up his fifth so that would make him uh, last year was uh his fifth year so next year will be
1: his sixth year all right moving on to story number two yes we're going back to wrestling unfortunately this is a a not so happy story wrestling legend wwe hall of famer scott hall aka razor ramon dies at 63. Razor was one of the most influential men in history in professional wrestling. He passed away last Monday. He was 63. The two-time WWE WWE Hall of Fame inductee broke his hip last month and had a severe health complication during the surgery to repair it over the weekend. Uh, Kevin Nash, his longtime best friend and former tag team partner, partner wrote last past Sunday on Instagram that he was on life support uh, and that he was later removed the next day. Uh, he's also a close friend to sean uh walman who was a one two three kid or six however you remember him um so this is one of those uh that really hit it home because as a kid he was one of the first bad guys and that, that was his nickname the bad guy that was one of the first bad guys that i was starting to cheer for he was one of those uh ahead of his time guys uh and i do remember watching um a bunch of documentaries and and old footage of him being in WCW and and, and other territories where he had a mustache and he looked like Magnum P.I. But he was so big and he always had all this charisma. It didn't matter what his character was. He just broke out of the TV. He was just always very very connectable. And when he came to WWE and became Razor Ramon and he did the whole Tony Montana thing where he's speaking you know, trying to speak in in, in Spanish just like like, uh, Pacino does and he's got the toothpick and he's flicking the toothpick off and he's just happy to be the bad guy and happy to be booed or cheered didn't matter Um, he's definitely one of those guys that I'm gonna miss just because he was such a a, a good character a good wrestling person Um, and unfortunately he had to deal with a lot of demons with the drinking and the drugs and he was starting to get over that by going with DDP and doing the yoga and uh, he was living with DDP for a while Um, but this one really hits home because he was one of my favorites
2: yeah, I mean, this is one of those the very early days of being a superstar as a heel, right? So I mean, like we saw a lot of guys go through that over the years. Uh, Undertaker kind of going back and forth. Kane, um, you know, even even John Cena, even The Rock you know, Stone. They every every major superstar in the last twenty years has been a heel at least a little bit at some point, and right. he was one of the very first that was uh, uh, really recognized for that his days with nwo and, and hogan and and all that stuff and and you know it's just it's sad it's it sounds like it was just something that went wrong during the surgery and unfortunately he just wasn't able to kind of recover from coming out the other side because he's a young guy 63 is not that old um but yeah it's unfortunate to, to hear about his passing and i know a lot of uh, really hardcore wrestling fans are mourning his loss
1: yeah, definitely. And, and the thing is that he they changed pop culture when he went over and started doing the NWO stuff. And, you know, that was huge. Like, just like, you know, uh, most of us in our age group were doing the, you know, the, the, the suck it crotch, you know, chop and stuff like that. A lot of people were doing the too sweet, you know, and that's how they would, you know, greet each other and so forth. So, again, it, it, it transpired uh, out of wrestling and became total pop culture. So that's how, you know, you're, you're huge when you're part of pop culture for such a long time and you enter different streams of... Uh, um, Different avenues of stream, So, so you would you know, they're doing like the Tonight Show and and all this other stuff. Um, I remember watching, uh, um, what is that? What was that? It was that Claymation, uh-huh, the Celebrity Death Match, that Claymation stuff. You had Stone Cold Steve Austin and Miles Lane and all these people showing up on that, and that was just ridiculous, man. Yeah,
2: it's 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 just one of those times, you know, like. It, it's it's one of your childhood heroes like you said i mean you you think about you're gonna imagine when when hulk hogan passes away or the undertaker like i said one of these like crazy names i mean it's just like and and, and wrestling like because of everything that they go through traumatically uh, with their body with their mind with their their brain injuries and things like that i mean there's been a lot of wrestlers that have passed a lot younger than they should have you know eddie guerrero uh, um China, like there's just a lot that we've seen kind of pass away over the years, and it's it's that Roddy Roddy Piper, uh, it was another one. So there's there's a lot, a lot of guys that have passed uh, over the years that uh, that should have that died a lot younger than they should have if they didn't get their ass beat all the time.
1: Yeah, and and they they talked about it. I think Kevin Nash posted about it, saying that. You know, if if they were able to do what the guys do now, and what I mean by that is that uh, back in the day, these guys, you know, you either worked or didn't get paid. So you're working about 300 to 320 days a year. That means you're off for 40 days out of the year. That means your body's getting its ass whooped that many times. So can you imagine, because concussions weren't a big thing. When when you got a concussion back then, it was like, oh, you got your bell rung. Oh, are you okay now? like, yeah, I'm a little fuzzy, but I'm all right. You know they didn't know what it was and what the ramifications of so many uh concussions will do to you you, know, you if you want a good example of that look at the chris ben wall story if you watch that documentary yeah. this man had so many his his finishing move was jumping off the top rope and headbutting you so can you tell me that's not a concussion every time he does that we talked about it was the last week about Mick Foley and all the stuff that he went through too so yeah. I mean like it's just a dangerous profession uh, you know uh,
2: all the way through so yeah I mean it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a, a sad story and uh,
1: you know we'll mourn him rest in peace story number three let's end on a high note this one you're gonna love because there's one right next to you, man. Right, right there, around, around the block from your house. McDonald's is being sued for nine hundred million by a startup which created a device it said was designed to fix the uh, ice cream chain, uh, the ice cream machine for the chain. Um, in a lawsuit filed March first, Kitech accused McDonald's of having sent emails to franchises saying that Kitech's devices violated the machines' warranties and intercepted their confidential information. McDonald's also said the device would pose a safety threat and cause injuries, which proves the remote controls, maintenance and other tools uh, provides remote controls, maintenance and other tools for ice cream machines describe both claims as false and defamatory. In the lawsuit was also crucial of the Taylor company, which is the chain's main provider of ice cream machines. Kaichi's co-founders, Melissa Nelson and Jerry O'Sullivan, are sinking $900 million in damages. In addition to defamation, they accused McDonald's of false advertising and interference in its contracts with, cons- with other customers. In a statement sent to Insider, McDonald's said that it, it owed it to the customers, crew, and franchises to maintain its rigorous safety standards and work with fully vetted suppliers in that pursuit. Kaichi's claims are meritless and will respond to the complaint of court authority accordingly. This is weird because we know every time during the summer when you want to get an, a, a nice ice cream cone or a sundae or caramel sundae a strawberry sundae or chocolate sundae, that machine is always down. E eh? why? Uh, because McDonald's sucks. <laughs> I mean, uh, seriously,
2: man. Like it, you know, it, you know what I got over my house too is I got Culvers right here. I go over to Culver's and I get that concrete mixer and the machine always works and it always tastes better than anything McDonald's has ever done and you know you can get what did I get I get one the other day it was like pecans uh uh, what is it called pecans uh salted caramel and uh cheesecake bites like hell yeah yeah man nice little (laughs) mix right there Dude, like I'm I'm am good. My you know what I mean? Like we took my daughter over there to get her uh uh celebrate the end of the basketball season ice cream and she gets uh she gets the hot fudge cookie dough and Oreo bits. I mean it's legit. So why would I ever yeah, you hear that? I see you oh rolling man. Your, head, your eyes are rolling in the back of your head when you think about that that one right there. But I mean of this course. is some good shit. So why 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 do I why do I need McDonald's? I'm I'm not getting a what do they call it? McFlur Look Y'all ripped the idea off from DQ in the first place. And Wait. then you couldn't even do it. They're like, hey, come and get this cold treat. And they're like, can I have a cold treat? They're like, no. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> fucking.
1: No, the machine doesn't work. We're cleaning the machine. Y'all been cleaning that yeah, machine well, for fucking 19, since 1997.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the the first McFlurry was the only McFlurry ever made, and ever since then they've been fixing all the machines. So I mean, whatever it did, what the fuck with McDonald's for ice cream? Let me tell you something. If I'm gonna eat, if I'm gonna be a fat boy and eat some fat boy food, I'm not getting, I'm not getting it from McDonald's. I'm trying not to, at least, unless I'm like deathly starving and only got forty-seven cents to my name, and I know that I can get like three complete meals with that shit. Yeah, then I'll go, I'll hit up the the Mickey D's. My daughter eats that shit because she, she, I don't know, she's just, it's like a uh we, we get it for you know on the way home from practice i know you're gonna eat that burger here's your carbs here's your meat you just worked out for an hour and a half yeah but i mean as an adult i, I look at those fries and i just feel feel my tits growing i can't do it man
1: <laughs> oh boy
2: so, so so speaking of growing tits there was <laughs> one other story that i wanted to bring up here because it made me laugh and uh it's about uh mr kanye West and uh <laughs> and pete davidson so jake paul who talked about a little bit earlier being at wrestlemania he offered kanye west and pete davidson 60 million dollars to box each other uh (laughs) now we know kanye to 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 him that 30 mil is a drop in the bucket uh and and uh and my boy pete has been making some money too and and you know it's just this is such a weird situation but i thought this was funny and because it's boxing i says hey that's a sports story let's talk about that shit
1: Yeah, as much as I would love to see it, I still think it would be a horrible fight because these two dudes would be slapping each other like two sixth grade females in the locker room. (laughs) It'd be bad. It'd just be bad. And they can't even pull each other's hair because one is bald and one has a very short haircut. It would be a bad fight. It would be all about presentation.
2: You know... Pete could get hit in the head with a fucking with an axe and not feel it because he's on so many drugs he'll never know he's getting hit and Kanye is just like naturally high on whatever the hell it is yeah. that, that is in his Kool-Aid I don't know what happened to him but I, I still gotta finish the rest watching the rest of his documentary because I, I I watched that first one I got the nostalgia and then I was so fearful of watching the rest of it that it's gonna ruin Kanye for me so I I still gotta go back and do it and, and because I'm a music guy I will finish it off but uh, yeah it'll, it'll take some time but yeah, I mean, I, I just thought the show was funny.
1: Yeah, you know what? What, what I did see was um, I see two UFC fighters fighting in the metaverse, and I think these two guys have fought before in the in the octagon. That's what we should do. We should put these two guys in the metaverse and have them, you know, like like the Wii. They put on the little gloves and stuff, and they box each other virtually. That's what probably would would make it interesting because in in person, I doubt they would do anything any damage to each other.
2: Like I said, uh, we need to get Celebrity Match back. We talked about it before. (laughs) We just need to see this shit happen already because that would be like episode one of the reboot. Bring it back, baby. (laughs) Pixar in
1: it. Yeah, I would love that. I'm Big Z, and that's news to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
0: Okay. Hey for 15 15 15 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code truefan15 for 15% off of your entire order.
2: This is Enrique Calderon coming to you from True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast. Come check me out on
1: social media, Enrique Calderon official on Instagram and Facebook. Check it us out. Y te lo dice Enrique Calderon Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z Yes sir Oh man, this is so funny This is The Loop, our Chicago Sports Roundup Where we keep you in the loop
2: This is Chicago, doors open on the left at Chicago Welcome to
0: Chicago Welcome Welcome to Chicago
2: this is Chicago.
0: Doors open on the left
2: at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Z, what's going on with the Madhouse on Madison and the Chicago Blackhawks?
1: The Chicago Blackhawks GM Kyle Davidson, no relation to your boy uh, <laughs> from SNL, <laughs> made it clear in his introductory press conference that he's preparing for a rebuild. And the first big domino has fallen this week the blackhawks have traded brandon hagel and two fourth round picks for 2022 and 2024 to the tampa bay lightning in exchange for two conditional first round picks in 2023 and 2024 forward boris uh yeah that guy kachuruk or kachuk sure either one and forward taylor Radish. The team made it official this past Friday. The first the two first round picks are top 10 protected. Um yeah, Tampa Bay's pretty good. So I don't see them going into the top 10. So they'll get those picks. This is a massive haul for the Blackhawks who were um who were going to trade Hagel. Uh only trade Hagel if he got an offer that they couldn't refuse. And this certainly qualifies as that. So they got two players and two first rounders for Hagel. So that is a good way to to stack up picks and talent, so look out for more trades either before the deadline or after the season because it is a fire sale with the Blackhawks. Okay, <laughs> I mean, look, Go look, ahead. Go uh, ahead. I,
2: I, after everything that went on with them this year with their just bumbling of everything that went on in the 2010 season uh all the accusations the Kyle Beach story I, I just I have no interest I'm sorry I have no interest in him right now
1: We'll be over next year. Uh, understood uh, and this, that's what a lot of Blackhawk fans are, are feeling at the moment just because one the team fucking really just sucks um and and two you have that bad taste in your mouth still from from all of this a negativity that that they just allowed to tarnish the Blackhawks name after building it up for the past 10 to 12 years that whole thing just tarnishes the whole reputation of the Blackhawks yeah speaking of fire <laughs> <laughs> Casper Shiboko scored twice for the Chicago yeah I got it right because I had to do it phonetically because I learned my lesson you mean-
2: you know what? You know what? I'm very uh I'm very upset about the fact that I was going to delete that from your notes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, Casper Shibilko scored twice for the Chicago Fire in a 3-1 win against the Sporting Kansas City this past Saturday. Who knew the Fire were going to be exciting again, man? You, and you know what? I still would have got it because I listened to a highlight four times, and I had to listen really closely to how they said it. Because it's spelled P R Z Y B Y O K O. but it's, it's pronounced Shiboko
2: it's pronounced why are we talking about soccer
1: (laughs) the chicago fire have two wins man it's early in the season and they're doing well and you know what they're actually playing good they have two really good uh, uh uh players on there that they've they've signed this year and they're looking a lot better than since they were playing at soldier field and they won a championship in 1998 so next up for the fire would be fc dallas next saturday vamos chicago
2: uh, again, that's spelled. Why are we talking about soccer? <laughs> what the hell happened to the show, <sighs> bro? Just how about how about this? How, how about to give opportunity to redeem yourself? Tell me what's going on with Sea Red Nation and the Bulls?
1: Sea Red Nation, baby, that's right, the Chicago Bulls. So let me just say, I was optimistic last week, saying they would split those games between Phoenix and uh, uh, what was the other Utah or somebody. Yeah, yeah, that didn't go so well. <laughs> I really was really hyped that I was. I thought they were gonna get hyped up for the Phoenix game, and it just didn't happen. In a nutshell, the opponents are getting the ball out of forward Demar Derozan's hands by blitzing him as soon as he touches it once they cross the half court. Double teams are coming in early in the possession, making a sh- making sure a defender rotates to Zach and having other players beat them which what looks like right now that these guys are not stepping up to beat them which is not show, uh, shooting very well um io is very inconsistent either he's going to have 10 to 12 points or he's going to have zero points and two assists he's very inconsistent and then kobe white's a very streaky shooter um and then caruso you, you can't really count on 100 percent caruso because he's not 100 percent yet so th- that's one of the big things
2: yeah i mean you can see it when you watch caruso play you can see that his he's just not quite right um you know physically he can run he can kind of do a lot of the things that he that he's known for but you can see him wincing in pain when he does kind of use that that offhand that's that has been bothering him since that dirty ass play by uh by grace nailing but you know i'm glad that he's back in the rotation but i'm worried about his longevity and what he's gonna what kind of shape he's gonna be uh in going into the playoffs i mean that's that's my biggest concern with this team right now because i honestly i i i think i know what's wrong with this team aside from not being big enough to really uh be able to face some of these very large uh, uh west coast teams like a team that has rudy gobert like a team that has uh, what peyton over there I mean there is a lot of size in the west that they cannot continue contend with and you know and that's even with vooch because when you see vooch go against uh, like the kid on san antonio that i liked um and and all these other bigger players i mean he looks small he looks small compared to him tristan thompson has that that gut that fire that that spit in vinegar you know what i mean but he still is not uh, his old self he's not as quick as he used to be so he's not really doing it and uh you know i, I think we're, we're hearing a report said that, that your boy the paw is coming back and uh you know i i talked about him quite a bit over the years you know he is to me a key cog in this in this team because we really still have no idea what he is he hasn't had enough playing time he hasn't had enough experience in the nba and i'm really worried about the fact that you know you look up and down this roster there are very few guys on this team that have playoff experience and because they did so well early on in the season the rest of the nba is coming for them and they're just flat out tired man they're tired
1: yeah and i agree with you on a lot of those points uh what i did start to notice is that billy donovan is starting to stagger levine and demrosen so they're not always on the same uh on, on the court at the same time to give them breathers and so forth but the teams already got the format. They got, they got the blueprint. And this happened against, I think, the Grizzlies where they just blitzed the Rosen. And then they blitzed uh, uh, what Zach wasn't playing that game, I think. But they blitzed the Rosen, which, which takes the ball out of his hands. And the problem is that these Bulls, once the Rosen touches the ball, that they just stand there. They just stand there. They don't cut. They don't make movement. Like, these guards should be running around like, you know, chickens without a head. The big man should be posting up. I mean, you've got Vooch, who's a double-double machine, but those double-doubles don't amount to much when you're losing these games by 15, 20, and 30 points because you can't be a defensive presence as big as you are. Tristan Thompson is not the same Tristan Thompson from, you know, 5, 10, 15, 10, 10 years ago. And you know what? To be honest with you, I was looking for them to sign Boogie Cousins, who's actually doing very well uh, uh, in his limited amount of minutes. And I thought that having another big guy like that would have been a, a good addition. Uh, I know he's a head case, but I think that uh, Billy Donovan can handle uh, 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 superstars on there. And just like Tristan Thompson's bought in, I think having another strong, like you said, uh, uh, Spitfire or... or Vinegar in his in his uh, spit there. You need you need some tough guys there, and right now they don't have that toughness. I think Demar's hurt the way he's played the last uh, four or five games, where he's very passive. He's only scoring you know less than twenty points. Less than uh, he's got a his average is twenty eight, and they think his average dropped down to twenty four. Zach has a he'll take turns. He'll he'll be aggressive sometimes, and then be passive. And it's like there's no one else on the team that's going to take the mantle
2: dude i mean the the thing is is that they are tired they are tired demar de ain't injured he is tired he wants to go take a nap it's time for night night because don't forget like the team that he just came from he wasn't uh, expected to be such an integral part he was a role player he came over to the bulls and now he is one of their superstars i mean yes he's had uh, a multiple uh, uh, NBA All Star, All Star appearances versus Zach's, a uh, few. But number one, we know Zach is only playing about 70% with that knee right now. Yep. Um, we don't know. We can kind of see a, a big guy like Vooch, you know, you see him kind of drag his feet down the floor, especially this late in the season, because he's not as athletic as some of these other uh, guys that he's playing against. And he's not as young as some of these other guys he's playing against. And don't forget, you're talking about a 30, 31 year old man. You're all talking about, um, DeRozan is, what, 32, 33 years old. You know, even uh, um, uh, Tristan Thompson is about 30 years old. So, I mean, like, once you go up and down, the young guys that they do rely on, IO has been playing very good, but I mean he's he's past that point in the year where he was used to playing that many games in a season. Now it's it's time for the big boys to step up. You got to play a, a full uh, 82 game season versus you know what, what however many you play in the NBA, what is it or in the colleges, like maybe 30, 40 games. Um, but but and then you see Kobe White coming off the bench. I mean, he he is very uh unassuming as far as like when you see him on the court, he does not have that growl, he doesn't have that like that mean look on his face, like he's about to tear your heart out. And sometimes you do need that, especially as a, a guy that's a little bit undersized. Um, and and you know, if we're being honest, I mean, I, I who on this team plays defense at
1: all? I mean, there are
2: aside from Caruso, Io and Io a little bit. Io's getting tired though. That's what I'm saying. Io's got to guard the number Ayo. one.
1: Yeah, was Io's been guarding the number one guy, so that's why you see a scoring and his assist on because he's tired. He's running around guarding the number one. He's guarding, you know, the Steph Curry's the the. Uh, Morant and all, all these number one guys, yeah, he's tired and he's not—he's not made for that. Like you said, he's used to playing thirty to forty games, uh, and you know playoffs, whatever you know, the, the tournament and so forth. So he's way past that, and his minutes are up. And this is not what he, you know the, the Bulls envisioned to have him. He was supposed to be a plus, not a not an integral cog in in this machine right now. And then right now we're getting some good news that the Paul's returning, but we don't know what which Paul we're getting. I mean, he was at the Windy City Bulls, and I didn't get to catch that game because I was running around. But he's returning. But all these guys are are playing hurt. So what percentage is he playing? If if Zach's at seventy, and the Mars like you know, what I mean, I need a couple of days of rest. I need I need a week or two to to, to slow to get my uh, abilities back. I don't know. And then you got Lonzo Ball, who hasn't seen much progress on his as of knee as of late. This was reported last week. That there's no real progress on his knees. It's it's exactly where it was at before. The, the, the what do you have a scope or something? So right now the Bulls sit at the fifth spot in the East uh, as of today of uh, the recording Sunday. They're playing the they play Toronto uh, tomorrow, I believe.
2: Yeah, I don't have their schedule for me. <laughs> I don't. But look, like like I said, I mean, the big thing for me is you look at, at I want to say either last week or, or a couple of days as of a couple of days ago. I mean, they were they were um, they lost nine of 11. And the two games that they did win was the Cavs and the Detroit Pistons and they're getting beat up by good teams and they just can't, and, and, and they're playing catch-up again. They're, they, it, early in the season, when you saw them lose games, it's because they went up by 20 and then just kind of like put it on cruise control. Yep. And they thought they could just turn it on and off when, when they needed to. Now, I think the Rosen could probably do that, and that's why he added, well, that's why he got the nickname King of Fourth, because they had to keep come, making comebacks on games that they were already head, uh, ahead on a lot earlier in the game. Now, they're at that point where they are having to play catch-up the whole game and by the time that they get that push in the fourth quarter after you know giving up 30 points in the in the third and only scoring 20 then they have to make that big push halfway through the fourth quarter they finally tied up and then that's where they stop because next thing you know the other team goes on a 10-0 run and they lose by four or five points because they just don't quite have enough in the tank to keep up with other teams and they're not going ahead anymore and realistically i think the biggest problem for this team is that they peaked too early and now everyone else is coming after him when they are peaking that's the biggest thing Lonzo Ball not being there is still a big big a hole in this team when you looked at the way that he was basically, uh, basically able to set up shots by being a quarterback and uh, they're still missing him to this day and it's going to be interesting like i said i'm wondering where they're going to end up at the end of the season going into the playoffs and who they're going to face because at this point they're getting into dangerous territory you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you're playing in a play-in game especially considering the fact that you were number one for a good portion of the first half of the season to the point where billy donovan and his staff were almost the coaches at the all-star game
1: yeah it's it's, it's actually a free fall i'm looking at the the past schedule you're looking at eight losses and two wins and those two wins weren't by a large margin either 10 points and 6 points. But those losses look devastating when they're giving up 130, 120, 125, 129. It's ridiculous. And being a number one seed, and now you're dropping down to the five. And if they keep dropping, like you said, they might be in the playing game. Guess what? You end up playing, uh, uh, it can be either uh, Milwaukee or, or, or well, it's going to be Milwaukee. And that's because they're 44 and 27 you do not want to play Milwaukee and then let's say they they stay at the they get to six or seven um and they end up playing um I don't know Brooklyn I mean Brooklyn's gonna be huge because the mandate's gonna be over and Kyrie's just put up 50 this past week and we know KD when he's healthy he can put up 50 easily so I mean this it, they're like you said th- this is dangerous territory for the bulls because they're free falling Uh, Cleveland is a half a game behind them Uh, Toronto is two games behind them Um, the Nets are uh, four and a half so I mean we've got about 12 games left I think uh, on the schedule left so it is going to be interesting two weeks of of basketball in the NBA
2: yeah and and You know we don't want to continue to free fall because the thing is like you said the the nets are dangerous you still you 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 get a break by them not having uh james harden anymore but you look at the top teams in the east right now you're talking about philly you're talking about the defending champs you're talking about a lot of strong teams up there and uh you know they're jockeying for position right now when they had a firm grasp on it but yeah i mean it's unfortunate the injuries are going to really hurt them right now and i think overall the most unfortunate thing is i'm going to already predict the fact that i don't I, i think they might win a first round series depending on who their matchup is but i think that's as far as they'll go and because of the injuries and because of the circumstances that they're facing right now my biggest fear is that this is going to be the breakout season for DeMar de rosen and you're not going to see him play the same way next year when they really need him so you are going to need young guys to step up even more
1: yeah i think there's going to be more additions coming into the uh into the bulls next season they got to make some moves because some of these guys are getting older and we need some youth in here with some talent. Now, uh, like you said, we have the uh, the Bulls uh, right now. They're a five seed. They can beat the Celtics in a, in, a, in a series, and they can beat the Cavaliers, who's right behind them. Maybe Toronto in a series, but any other team, I don't think they can beat. They can't beat Miami, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn in a series. So it really depends on the, on their on where they end up. All right, E, it is college hoops time. What's going on with college hoops and the NCAA tournament?
2: Man, there's a lot of really cool storylines going on right now. Uh, Duke just beat uh, Michigan State today to go on to the Sweet 16. Uh, Carolina is also in the Sweet 16, so it'll be interesting to see if they find a way to face off. Uh, but looking at our local teams right here, uh, the number 10 Loyola Ramblers unfortunately lost in the first round to your favorite state, Ohio State. Number seven Ohio State beat them 41 to 54. Really low-scoring game. Um, it just seems like you know, uh, was it? uh what's 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 your boy with the valentine valentine's brother is the coach of the team right now did you know that
1: yeah, uh, not, not not Denzel, the other one. <laughs>
2: Drew, Drew Valentine, he's the Drew, coach yeah. of the Ramblers right now. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's got a little bit of local ties here, and unfortunately they did not score enough points to win because that is a b- very bad score. Uh, moving on, we look at number four, Illinois. They beat number 13, Chattanooga, in the first round of the tourney, uh, but they only squeaked out with a 53-54 to 54 victory, and they went on to fall in the second round. They lost to number five, Houston, in another low, scoring affair only managed to score 53 points as opposed to Houston's 68 so kofi coburn and crew are out of the tourney and uh yeah i mean we're, we're seeing a little bit of a, a chalk when you look at some of the thing but yeah illinois out houston moves on there were much more tenacious on defense and um yeah unfortunately that's how it went for our local guys and finally notre dame was having a great tourney they beat the number the number 11 seed rutgers 80 nine to 87 and i play on round so they're both number 11 seed and they went on to defeat number six alabama in the first round with a final score of 78 64 very nice uh, score for notre dame a team that uh had to fight their way through and beat a much higher seed to get to that round unfortunately their run came to an end as they lost on sunday to number three texas tech in another low scoring game 53 to 59.
1: Yeah, I, I watched some of these games, and uh, especially the Illinois games and the uh, Loyola games. It looked like the um, the ability to put the ball in the hoop is what caused them to lose. And I'm <laughs> joking. In all, no, in all seriousness, when I'm watching these two teams, especially our local teams, it looked like they could not score. Uh looks like there was a lid on the basket. Uh, Illinois was missing like a bunch of baskets just at the rim. So was Loyola. The three-point shooting wasn't there. And then just you have these experienced teams like uh, Ohio State and, and Chattanooga who, who played very well. Uh, go up and down the court and be able to take us a hole and score and get the on ones uh, they were also shooting way better from three points uh, it just it just looked like we were outclassed like we were good we were happy to be there but there was no way that we can compete with these bigger schools um, I uh, for Notre Dame it just you know it, it's it's just sad to see them get out um, they they played so well to get into the tournament and then yep. to uh, uh, to lose so um Unfortunately, uh, I think the Notre Dame women are still in it and uh, we'll watch women's Notre Dame basketball.
2: Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame women usually kill it. I mean, they usually ended up in the uh, in the Final Four in Sweet 16, so that'll be interesting to watch. But, uh, you know, we, we see this every year, and the Cinderella story of the tournament so far has been the number 15 St. Peter's Peacocks. Say what? Out of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, heard, you heard what I said, Kofi Coburn. Yeah. Um, yeah, st peter's peacocks uh that is so much alliteration there uh out of new jersey uh they stunned number two kentucky and john keller perry's uh, slimy ass in the first round 85 to 79 and then they went on to beat number uh, seven murray state in the second round uh, these were st peter's first two wins in the ncaa tournament history so they are moving on it'll be interesting to see what this team does i didn't even look at the uh, the bracket because i would not want to be too depressed watching my my bracket get busted especially with uh, losers like iowa and some of those other teams that just failed and pissed down their leg uh yeah thanks kentucky but yeah i mean um i'm always now at this point with all of the local teams out including the very local notre dame as you stated earlier it'll be interesting to uh a root for for a little team and a little school out of uh, New Jersey,
1: I definitely. Always gotta love these Cinderella stories. Every year, there's one that's gonna come out there, like Loyola a few seasons ago, and you got Sister Mary and her throwing the first pitch and doing all this, all this cool stuff because they had such a good run. Um, there's always a good Sister Cinderella Jean. story. A uh, Sister Jean, Mary, Jean—they're all <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> Name them, oh, whatever. He's okay.
2: Hey, y'all looked at me so weird last last time we were on talking about her, but this at least I got her name right,
1: man. She's 100. She probably answers to Mary anyways. Oh, my God. She probably sees Virgin Mary all the time. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> all right, fans. Let's take a pause for the calls, and we'll be right back with more Loop after these messages.
2: We all know that 2020 was no joke. And with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you will be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out ACSI.tech and click on Careers to get started. That's ACSI.tech and click on Careers. Hey, this is Mikey O, and you're listening to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast. Don't forget to visit Mikey O at Mikey O Show or www.Mikeyoshow.com.
1: Welcome back to the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. All right, man. What's going on with the Chicago Cubs? Well, like I kept saying for weeks,
2: uh, the Carlos Correa sweet cheeks.
1: Uh, <laughs> sweet cheeks. Whoa, right. whoa. <laughs> This show just took a turn. Terrible- well,
2: <laughs> well, like I've been saying for weeks, the Chicago Cubs were going to get Carlos Correa, and uh, the Cubs did not win the Carlos Correa sweepstakes. Uh, he ended up going over to the Twins on a really weird three-year deal. Uh, I think it, it's it's an option after the first one, and it's like thirty-five million a year. But let's uh, let's take a quick look at free the free agency tracker as it currently stands um you know we did talk about the biggest free agents of course being carlos correa he signed a three-year deal with two opt outs which is very bizarre so he moves over from the houston astros up to the twinkies man your favorite uh, team in minnesota
1: not at all i I would rather him gone to the cubs because we don't have to play each other all the, the rest of the year Besides the two little series But him and the Twinkies And and they have a really good team man. They always have like They're nasty I just hate them They're just annoying So I'd rather that he would have signed with the Cubs And you be happy And Cubs fans be happy And we only have to play them twice a year Rather than the Twinkies
2: yeah, one of the uh, the young players from your second favorite team, Corey Seager, who seemed to fall out of favor with the Dodgers after they traded for the Nationals. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, shit. I had his name. In, oh, Trey Turner. Trey Turner, that, that guy. So, yeah, they got Trey Turner over from the Nats, and Corey Seager ends up going over to the Texas Rangers for a 10-year deal uh this is very uh, rangers like
1: <laughs> this is very rangers like what remember the last time that uh, they had somebody with a 10-year deal it didn't really work out for them
2: no who, who was that a rod oh man
1: that really that really did not work out for the rangers so the rangers do ranger things and they spend money very stupidly um they also signed marcus simeon on a seven-year deal, and he plays second base and shortstop, and Corey Seager plays uh, shortstop. So, so you, there, there's your, your your double play duel for the next seven years, unless one of them gets traded.
2: I mean, look, you know, that was the, the hot name on the market. I mean, Marcus Simeon is 31 years old, so, yep. you know, he, he does have a little bit of age in him. But, I mean, we look at the way that baseball players go now. We see some of these players going until they're, they're in their late 30s, but I think 35 is kind of that max. So, even with a seven-year deal, they'll probably really only get maybe four, maybe five good years out of him. Yep. Um, but one player that did get a, a, a another seven-year deal was uh, – former cub chris bryant he got a seven-year deal out of the colorado rockies uh this is a pretty stacked contract seven years 182 million dollars with a seven year uh, uh, i'm sorry 70 million dollar signing bonus so that gives him an average of 26 million a year Uh, what do you think about this contract for bryant Um, it's good for him
1: a 7 year deal at the age of 30 that means he's going to play there until he's 37 unless again again, he's traded and you have to remember that now the National League from this point on will have a DH so if he needs a day off and you still need the bat he can DH do I think this is uh, the best place for him to win no because Colorado does Colorado things and uh, they've signed a bunch of players for one or two years and then they get rid of them or they develop talent that doesn't end up doing anything um I think that he got his payday and that's what it was all about because if I remember correctly when the, when they were trying to extend Bryant on the Cubs, it would have been for more money. For every single one of those guys that, that signed, they would have got more money with the Cubs if they would have re-signed compared to what they signed for now.
2: Yeah, so I mean like overall, I think uh, Bryant was, uh, he he got just about what the Cubs were originally going to offer him. I want to say at the time it was something like a eight-year deal uh and, and very don't forget it was during it was either during or right after that 2016 world series that they did offer him that so we were talking about what uh six seven years in in the in the past at this point but uh but yeah i mean look it, it was a very interesting team for him to go to i was kind of surprised of all teams that's where he ended up going but i guess he's just trying to pad his stats at this point he'll always be known as one of the most integral parts of the uh, uh, world series you know when he won the mvp with the cubs he was the rookie of the year and you he did have a little bit of a sore feelings considering the fact that they held him down to get that one extra year out of him when he was first coming up with the Cubs so I mean he might be a little bit salty about that but look you're making your money you're uh you just got married I think uh I'm not sure if it's him or someone else that's getting ready to have a baby. And, uh, you know, good good for you. Make your money. But it was just a very odd choice because I'm sure that there was other teams out there that he could have gone to and win with. But I feel like now being on a team with, like, Colorado, there's not that much pressure on him to win. So he could just go out there and kind of swing his bat and do his thing.
1: Yeah, that, that's definitely it. Oh, good news. My second team signed one of the biggest free agents in Freddie freeman signs a six-year deal with the dodgers and funny enough because the braves were his first team his first love and they were like oh we love freddie freeman and freddie freeman of appreciation and all this stuff and then freddie freeman came out and said uh oh, during a free agency they called me twice everyone else was blowing up my phone especially the dodgers they were calling me like every other day but the braves only called me twice and then the Braves make that move and they make that trade for Matt Olsen and then extend him. And this is while they were still trying to pursue Freddie Freeman. So that tells you what the Braves are doing, what they had in mind. But their loss is our gain. So the Dodgers literally have an all-star team in all of the uh, seven positions on the field.
2: Yeah, I mean Freddie Freeman made out pretty well for himself, considering the fact that he's 32 years old. He uh, signed a six-year, 162 million dollar uh, contract. Uh, yeah, it gives him an average of 27 mil a year, and it's going to leave him as a und- uh, um, unrestricted free agent over in 2028. And at that point, he might be uh, a, a guy with a lot of teams look for uh, for the DH. But yeah, I mean, look, 23, uh, 27 million a year. I mean, you can't really knock that. And I'm pretty sure, and that's every single year up until his age 38 year so I mean you know the, I don't I think that what happened was the Braves looking at a guy who's 32 years old Matt Olsen is about four years younger I think he he makes a, a little bit less money and uh, you know they're looking at all the other players that they already uh, got locked up you know unfortunately there was an injury to I think Ozuna but they got uh, what Ozzy Alves they got a few players on that team that they have already locked up so I think what they're doing is is yes while they love Freddie Freeman looking at a 32 year old they want to go ahead and try to uh, expand their their um, their winning window, I guess, because the Dodgers right now, when you talk about them being an all-star team, Freddie Freeman can come in there, compete for the next couple of years, try to win them another title, try to win them a legitimate 162 game season title versus the the shortened season because that you know that's what people are still talking about when they talk about the Dodgers winning the title and uh and try to you know rejuvenate that team and and just put a big shot in the arm because like I said with them losing Corey Seager they're looking for uh someone to uh look towards the future because once they kind of fall out of love with you they just let you go
1: by the wayside they don't give you a chance to recoup no not no not at all not at all all right any other guys that you want to mention I know you probably want to mention somebody who plays in Detroit now
2: Yeah, I mean, we we talked about Javi Baez right there. I think the interesting thing about Javi Baez is the fact that now you talk about uh, a very good shortstop in uh, Detroit, and you also talk about a very good shortstop in in Minnesota now. So that's a very, to me it's a big task to see what's going to go on with them when they uh, have to face the the White Sox how the White Sox is going to handle some of these uh, these very good defensive and offensive players Um, let's go down right here Max Scherzer signed a three year deal at 37 years of age uh, coming off of that big contract he previously signed with the Nationals got traded over to the Dodgers last year and he signs a three year deal with the Mets which is interesting I think he's just looking for a home Uh, we saw Marcus Stroman come out for his first spring training game for the cubs uh and and he signed a three-year deal with us he's 30 years old and this right now he looks like he's in his prime um he's doing pretty well Uh, another player that i know that a lot of Cubs fans were looking uh, forward to possibly uh signing is Trevor story he went over and signed a six year deal with the boston red sox that was a little bit surprising to me because uh uh you know i think there's a lot of teams out there that were looking for that help but uh You know it's it's good for him to get his money i think that colorado fell a lot with him and it's you know the the funny thing about colorado is the fact that they got rid of nolan arenado and ended up replacing him with chris Bryant. i thought that was a little interesting what do you think about that
1: that is very interesting because they were supposed to be trading for each other a couple years ago i do remember that that being one of the hot stove takes that oh, they're going to trade Chris Bryant for Trevor Story and the, man, the money and this and that. So um, it is funny that it actually did happen, not the way they planned it, but um, now that Colorado really doesn't have that of an exciting team. And also Chris Bryant's on the other side of 30. Um, a couple things that I do want to talk about is Philadelphia. Philadelphia signed Nick Castellanos. He's 30, he signed a five-year deal, and they signed Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schorber signs there for a four-year deal. This is crazy because Kyle Schorber obviously can play outfield now, plays first base, and he's most likely going to be the DH there. But you also have Castellanos, and you have um, uh, Chris Bryant's, uh best friend over there. You know that guy? Yeah, Bryce Harper. Bryce yeah you know
2: Castiano's. he's another guy that I know that the White Sox uh, fans were looking forward to hopefully bringing him in the mix I mean like you said he's, he is 30 years old he's right in his prime right now he did not really work out with Cincinnati I think Cincinnati thought they had more than they actually did uh, when they went for it when they signed him a couple years ago and he uh, opted out of that contract uh, but you know I, I think a lot of Cubs fans a couple years ago were hoping that he would uh, come back to them too because at the time he was only what 27 28 years old coming yeah. over from Detroit and and, uh, um, yeah, unfortunately just because of the way everything broke down with the Cubs and they really couldn't find their way back uh, he went over to Cincy but he gets a five year $100 million uh, deal which gives him $20, uh, 20 million a year and look I mean like I said for a guy who I never even heard of until he came over to the Cubs good for him make your money I mean you know you're not getting these crazy contracts that some of these other guys but you know good for you to go ahead and get $20 million a year and if that's what they deem him to be you know worth then, then that's what it is um a couple other players here. You got Kershaw came back to the Dodgers. Verlander went back to the Houston Astros. Syndergaard uh, moves over from the Mets uh, uh, to the uh, LA Angels. Um, Kelly Jansen leaves his longtime home of the Dodgers to move on to the Braves and Rizzo goes uh, went ahead and signed another contract with the New York Yankees he signed a two-year deal over with the Yankees so um you know I, I think it's a good spot for him I think he's comfortable there and I think he's a very good uh, first baseman so there's no there's no um t- surprise that he would stay with that club
1: No no I wasn't surprised that he signed there I think he's a good fit for those young guys that are there um, he, he's he's a staple and I wish he stayed on the Cubs and he would have retired as a cub just because he's such a good first, first baseman he's a good guy he's good in the community um, he's gonna continue doing that with New York and uh, I, I think he's just a good fit there and a good leader um, the other name that I was worried about that about signing is Michael Conforto where I heard a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, buzz at the beginning of the free agency and it's all fizzled out he still has a no team and uh he was rumored to go to the white Sox a couple years ago in a trade and now he's a free agent and i don't know what they're going to do because the white Sox do have like four outfielders um that are young you you got the um you got gavin sheets you, you've got elo jimenez you got andrew vaughn adam engel lou, lou robert um, you've got a bunch of guys, and I don't know what they're going to do. So even if they do sign somebody, where do you fit them?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, and, and that's the thing. is that You know, I think right now White Sox are just trying to find where they can slot a lot of these guys in. There's a lot of uncertainty on that White Sox team. When you look at some of the younger guys, I mean, they did uh, re-sign Uri. Louis- Garcia over it with another three-year deal um I think a lot of players uh, a lot of fans are still looking to see what's going on with Gavin Sheets and some of this pitching too I mean we talked about how strong the, the, the Sox bullpen in I mean you, you look uh what they did they brought in Kendall Graveman, Joe Kelly and uh um you know I think that shores up and, and we're still waiting to see what they're going to do with Kimbrel but you know one uh, one name that I thought was very interesting it was a guy that both the uh uh the white Sox and the cubs were looking at at one point uh it was jorge soler well here jorge soler um you know we talked about him a lot when mike rodriguez came on the show because you know he had so much information about him but he ended up signing a three-year deal with the marlins the marlins and this is a 12 million dollar a year salary uh he will make 12 this year uh 15 the next year and then nine the year after that so um it'll be interesting to see if he can go ahead and and reprise his role as a dh but there's look there's a lot of players out there uh just switching teams i think you know this is kind of what we expected but we saw a lot of guys jumping ship and a lot of these long-term deals and um you know i don't think that either side of town Aside from the Suzuki signing, I don't think either side of town made a that big of a splash.
1: No, I agree with you. I think the Cubs did a great job by snagging uh, um, Suzuki. I think that's a great addition to the to the Cubs uh, because it's not a, it's not a signing for this year because the Cubs are not going to compete for the title this year. They're going to make sure that they are uh, aligned with good uh, uh, good salary cap and so forth. For the next couple years, because you have a bunch of these young guys coming up, you got the uh, the four guys that I can't remember their names right now because they were such uh, so young. They were like uh, 16, 17, and eighteen when they got traded for you, Darvish. Now those guys are coming up, and they're making they're making some splashes. You also have uh, the shortstop from uh, who you drafted from Chicago that should be coming up pretty soon. Ed Howard. Yeah, Ed Howard. Yeah, you have that kid coming up. You you have talent that's gonna continue to rise. It's just not gonna be next year. And so you're going to have that mix of, uh, of young and then sign some veter- some veterans in the next couple of years that are going to complement that. Again, the Cubs have not really built any pitching. They've really built a lot of talent on the on the field uh, and, and bought pitching. So that, if they're going to continue that same strategy, I, I think there they can be around uh, in about two to three years they'll be a contending.
2: I think with what the Cubs have right now, I think they definitely have some very interesting pieces. I think they they've set themselves up for some good uh, 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 wins and gains in the future. And you look at the top of the rotation, um, you got Hendricks, and now you got Stroman. Now, how is the rest of that going to fill out? That's a damn good question. I know Alex Mills is probably going to be be in the mix too, but don't forget, you still have. Um, You still have Patrick Wisdom. You still got uh, your boy Madrigal coming over, and 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 really getting his first taste of what it's like to be with the Chicago Cubs. I mean, you still got uh, Wilson Contreras trying to figure out what's going to go on with him if they're going to try to trade him uh, at the trade deadline this year, or they're going to try to extend him. Personally, I, I think you try to extend him because to me, he's like Yadier Molina. You know what I mean? Like you sit there and use him to try to build up your your pitching staff, make him the boss of your pitchers essentially, make him the quarterback of the team because. You know, especially a guy with that much passion, with that much like uh, uh, leadership and loyalty to the Cubs. I think that you do whatever you can to keep this guy in your organization and and help out that pitching staff because. You know, look at at some of the players that they've put on the field. It looks like they're they're hoping that they're I think the the Cubs could be sneaky. I don't think they're going to win a ton of games, but I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on some of these these uh, these teams that are are built to win right now. And I think they're going to smack some people around without them really uh, knowing what hit them.
1: No, no, I I agree with you that he is a cornerstone, and if you want to continue to build your team, you would got to have him as your veteran presence, him as your guy that's going to teach these young pitchers how to pitch, um, and then teach them how to become a, a major league pitcher um you do have a lot of talent that's coming up pretty soon and um i think the the cubs are going to be sneaky sneaky uh good when it comes to being competitive uh this year in some of these games they're not going to be the pirates where they're going to get their ass with 15 to 6 every game but they are going to be competitive because they still have a a pretty good uh uh, pitching staff one two and three is that four and five spot that that you have a lot of questions in
2: yeah and the cubs also did snag uh Veteran infielder Jonathan Jonathan Villar, and they grabbed a uh, Michael Givens, a uh, pitcher that uh, a lot of their uh, former Cubs did not like too much. They brought him over uh, in the bullpen, and they also brought over from the Mets Robert uh, Selman. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They got a couple of. Uh, um, veterans in the mix they got their rookies they got the young guys and look it looks like the cubs believe in suzuki i mean they gave him basically a five year 100 million dollar deal when you include the uh, uh the posting fee so it's a it's it's basically about uh like 17 million a year that he's gonna end up uh getting and uh he also gets a full no trade clause from the cubs which is rare wow. but you know they want they want him to be comfortable they want him to know we believe in you we want you to be here we think that you're a cornerstone piece and considering the fact that with with japanese guys they're right now the when they usually come over to the mlb it's because they're in their prime so they're hoping that they can stretch it out a little longer especially what happened with ichiro ichiro played so late into his career but he was still a factor late late in the career so um yeah so the, the interesting thing about uh suzuki is that this is the first really substantial contract for a japanese position player since Kosuke Fukudome, who signed with the Cubs 15 years ago, and he's actually still killing it out there in the Japanese no. League. Uh, I mean, like he's sitting there smacking the the, the the homers out there, and he's still playing. So I think he plays for the Dragons out there. So yeah, I mean, good for Kosuke. And look, I'm I'm happy to see the Cubs get a, a guy that a lot of teams were very interested in. And um, I think uh, this is one of the reasons. If he can he can do what he does, uh, it'll be interesting. I think he he hit something like 38 homers last year in the Japanese league. So the Cubs have some pieces that, are, that'll be uh, competitive. I just don't know how far they're go, but like I said, I think they're going to be able to smack some guys in the mouth without them going with him
1: yeah i think like you said it'll be competitive i think you have some good talent out there especially with the guys who got a lot of playing time last at the end of last season like frank the tank and wisdom and you you have a lot of guys who've got a lot of exposure and uh you got to see what they can do and that's why they kept some of these guys because they were like okay you you showed us what you got you you could probably be there for a couple years and like i said In a couple of years you'll have a lot of young talent coming up to to, up to the major leagues and then you can complement it with a bunch of veterans and that's where you can go spend your money because you know they have biblical proportions and they're making their money
2: yeah i mean look biblical proportions aside I think that the cubs i think i think everyone's thirsty and hungry from hot dogs to go back to baseball so i don't i don't think the cubs will have anything to complain about when it comes to concessions and and the money that they're going to make in the season we just got to see what's going to happen i mean like I, I, it'll be put it this way this is the first time in a long time that'll be very interesting to see what's going to go on on both sides of the town there's a lot of pressure on the southsiders with with a couple of the moves that they've made and a couple of moves that they didn't make to rely and believe uh, in, in the guys that you already have and you know like i said there's no pressure on the cubs right now david ross just got his contract extension so all he has to do is not run the rig off the road and uh do your thing man see what happens see 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 what you look like coming out the other side
1: uh, yeah, agreed. He's got he's got no pressure now because he's got his contract. He's he knows that he's gonna have be here for a while until these guys uh, mature.
2: Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm excited for baseball, and I'm excited that baseball
1: is back. Me too. All right, fans, let's take a pause for the cause, and we'll be right back after our. Uh, all right, fans, let's take a pause for the cause, and we'll be right back with our new segment, the bottom line, after a quick word from our sponsors.
2: This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago.
0: For 15% 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15. off your entire order. Let me say it again that's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off of your entire order. Hey, guys, this is Mike Deportes and you're listening to True Chicago Sport Fans podcasts.
2: Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. This is the bottom line. And that's the bottom line.
1: In this segment, we discuss the biggest Chicago sports topic of the week. And this week, it's got our beloved Chicago Bears and the rebuild. Yeah, man, Ryan Poles has been very
2: busy, and it turns out the biggest splash uh, free agency addition that the Bears thought they had is not going to work out after all because defensive tackle uh, Larry Ogunjobi will not be joining the Bears. The six-year pro, an unrestricted free agent who had agreed to a three-year contractor, uh, contract earlier last week, failed his physical administered by the team on last Thursday. Bears GM Ryan Poles released the following statement. As I said before, Larry Ogunjobi embodies everything we're looking for in a bear. He is a special person and player. During the league's negotiating window earlier this week, we agreed to terms with him, subject to him passing a physical... After a standard and thorough physical and medical uh, review with Larry yesterday afternoon, our medical team determined to uh, deemed him to have failed his physical and therefore unfortunately we are not signing him today. This is difficult and is emotional for everyone involved, but ultimately it's what's in the best interest of protecting the Chicago bears z any thoughts about them rescinding their offer
1: i mean i think this is kind of weird one obviously you got to protect your organization by signing someone who is capable of doing their job uh and that's the number one and foremost but what what really perks on my ears is what is what part of the physical did he fail does he have a heart condition? Does he have a lung condition? I mean, is he missing, you know, two toes? I, w- what's the, con- how do you fail a physical? Is he completely out of shape? I mean, he just played this season. So w- what are what are the uh, uh, what are the the, the main points of, of the physical Did he fail? And then, so- yeah, go ahead
2: yeah so the thing with him is that uh in the third quarter of their playoff win over vegas uh he had a really bad foot injury that required surgery and that was just on january 22nd so uh, on january 18th i'm sorry so i think that's what it is he just wasn't quite ready i think he needs more time to heal and because he is a uh a ufa that means that you know he could sign with anyone they could if they wanted to uh they could have actually still signed him and had some type of uh, designation on him, I believe. But I think it's, to me, this is the way I look at it. You know, you're looking at a a first year GM trying to put a team together and you don't want his first big free agent acquisition to be a guy that's injured. So you look at what happened with the Ryan Pace era. You look at Tevin Jenkins being injured. You look at some of the other injuries that he sat on. You look at Kevin White had a little, I, I think he had a weird injury in college and, um, and they took him anyway um eddie jackson for example had a really bad injury his last year at alabama and they go in ahead and drafted him anyway much later than he was projected to go but i think it's smart it's a smart move by this brand new gm trying to make sure that you know what i appreciate what you do i didn't i i can't sign you right now and you know unfortunately i'd love to have you in the mix but this is what it is and and it's a smart move to, for, for a young guy man
1: no, I'm I really liking what he is doing at the moment. I mean he's traded um veterans, he's cut veterans. Um he's pretty much he's trimming all a lot of the fat that uh uh that Pace left on on, on this team. He he's these guys that weren't producing like we're going to talk about it in a little bit um, That are weren't producing Those guys got to go If you weren't helping us this year Or if you were sitting on the bench And weren't doing anything And you're collecting a check A pretty sizable check uh, Tariq Cohen um, you, You've got uh, Again we got receivers That really didn't partake in the offense um, You've got offensive and defensive linemen That they were not healthy all the time And guess what We need you for 16 games We don't need you for 4 games in 2 years
2: well, the good news is, is that in place of Ogunjobi, the Bears signed tackle Justin Jones to a two-year contract worth $12 million. The 25-year-old was selected by the Chargers in the third round of the 2018 draft out of North Carolina State. Uh, the Bears also added another edge rusher in al Qadin Muhammad, who signed a two-year deal worth $10 million. He reunites He reunites with former Colts DC and Bears new coach, the fluce Matt Iberfus. So, I mean, look, it looks like Polls already had a couple of guys in hand, or he probably had his list right here. Ogunjobi was number one, Justin Jones, number two, and Muhammad coming over, I'm sure, on the uh, advice of the Floos bringing him over. So, I mean, they, they do know what they're doing. They're bringing over a couple of guys for that defensive front.
1: Yeah. How, how old was Larry? Ogunjobi. How old was he? Uh, I think 28. Okay, so he's just a little bit older. Than than, yeah, uh, than yeah. Justin Jones, it,
2: and it's just that like, he was just a very good player for for them last year, and it was just an unfortunate thing because this guy, I think he, if it wasn't for that that broken foot, he would have been signed up before the Bears ever got a chance.
1: Yeah, it makes sense, but it looks like like you said he had his board ready and he had his, his top five guys on on that board for um uh, for tackle and then he went on and and moved on to the Ed Rusher which is something that you know they gave away with Mac or not gave away but they traded with Mac so they have to replace that as well and then somebody who they actually have you know, some kind of contact and some type of relationship uh, with Muhammad, who played for Matt. So, um, I think this; these are good signings because they uh, they know what they had and they seen good film, especially with um, with with uh, Justin Jones and the Chargers. So, we know that the the Chargers were very good; they had a good offensive line and defensive line. So, I think these signings are really good. Yeah, and, and they're young, and they're not they're not paying a ton. I mean, you're talking right. about, you know, six million a year,
2: five billion a year. They're not they're not paying a ton to these guys. Um, one big name that I know a lot of Bears fans were waiting on, and it is Allen Robinson. Well. The Allen Robinson era is in Chicago is now over as he signed with the LA Rams. He signed a three-year, $46.5 million contract with the LA Rams, including $30.7 million guaranteed. Now, this is less than what the Bears offered him previously, and he paid played last year for $18 million on the franchise tag. And their offer to him was around 16 million this season, and he felt that it was disrespectful. Uh, look, to me, in my opinion, it kind of shows that he is not a number one wide receiver. One of the big things that I talked about last year, and and you know his t- entire time here um was the fact that you know he's never been that fast he never got that open and he jumped at weird times mm-hmm. and you know he was another one of these guys that the bears got on a pretty decent deal considering the fact that he was coming off of that torn acl when he's with with jaguars so you know his his time with the, the the bears it was very reminiscent uh and and um indicative of what's You know, uh, Ryan Pace like to do because he loved these injured guys. He's like, well, they'll get better one day, you know. And we just talked about that. Tevin Jenkins, right there. You want to talk about another injured guy? But um, Allen Robinson, right now, he's gonna be what number three?
1: Yeah, he's number two. Definitely number three. You got
2: Cooper Cup. You got Cooper Cup over there. Odell Beckham broke, uh, tore his ACL in the in the in the Super Bowl. Uh, Jarvis Landry still needs a home, and uh, he might sign over there. So, and they just uh, shipped Robert Woods off. So, look uh, to me, Robinson is not a number one. I'm sorry. I mean, like, I think he's going to do a lot better in a better system, more, uh, more explosive system. So people are like, well, watch what he does next year. Yes, they're a better team. He has better offensive weapons around him to take the pressure off of him. He doesn't have to jump up six feet in the air and catch a ball at his shoelaces for some reason there's no reason to do there's no reason to be up in the air and catch a ball in the bread basket. if you're going to catch a ball in the air catch it at his highest point because that's where you jump to he was just so bad with his timing and jumping that yeah i appreciated what he was able to do here but i mean you know it, it, he just he was very frustrating to watch sometimes and especially considering the fact that he quit on the bears at the end of the season
1: Yeah, he did quit, and one thing that I do think is that I think he should have signed with one of those uh, bigger quarterbacks, like maybe a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, one of those guys that likes to dump the ball off on third down uh, over the middle, one of those quarterbacks that likes looking over the middle for a receiver, and that's exactly what he he is. He's a number three receiver who's going to be open most of the time because of the pressure that the number one and number two are going to impose on the defense. So he's just going to sneak over the middle, over the linebacker, and just... toss it over there he's gonna get another five yards you know for yak but him jumping when the ball is literally thrown in his breadbasket that drove me wild
2: Yeah, it it, it was a little frustrating, but, uh, you know, it looks like A-Rob did have a good time as far as he's trying to tell us here in Chicago, even though he looked very frustrated at times. Uh, He came out with a statement and he says, I want to express my deepest gratitude to the Chicago Bears organization. It was truly an honor to play for your storied franchise. To the McCaskey family, coaches and front office staff. Thank you for your belief in me and thank you for the opportunity. To the brothers I gained in the locker room, it was an honor to suit up and play beside you. The bond we have is forever, and I look forward to seeing all the success in store for you. To my foundation board, your support has been invaluable. All we have accomplished would not be possible without you. And finally, to the fans and city of Chicago, thank you for embracing my family and me so many of my greatest football moments were on soldier Field, surrounded by the passion radiating from you those memories will be never it will never be forgotten bears nation you will always have a special place in my heart thank you for everything classy words from from this guy um you know as far as the way he interacted with fans and media and stuff like that you never really saw anything out of him but you did see him give up so real quick tell me what you think about his time in chicago
1: i think his time in chicago was pretty much like his time in jacksonville he had a bad quarterback throwing to him he had a bad offensive coordinator um he missed time jump balls he um missed routes he didn't have separation but in chicago the biggest thing is you gotta have like you said heart hustle and muscle And Chicago will back you 1,000%. We've seen it with multiple teams of our professional teams. If you got that heart, hustle, and muscle, you will be a Chicago uh, sports legend for life. Tom Waddle has made a living of getting his ass whooped for the Bears. He's on the radio right now. Is he funny and hilarious on the radio? Yeah, he is. He's a great character. Did he have amazing stats with the Bears? No. But every time they threw the ball at him, he caught it. And then got creamed, but he never dropped the ball, and that's why we loved him because he had the heart, hustle, and muscle.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Waddle was was that scrappy white dude, right? Don Beebe. Yeah, you know, right? He he was he was Don Beebe. He was Wes Welker. He was. uh, julian edelman you know what i mean like he's cooper cup he's the, the scrappy white guy now i mean if you ask him he, he's gonna admit that most of those guys are better than him but you know because he was in the bears uniform and because a lot of times i think he came either one or two years after the bears won the super bowl he he uh, most of the time he gets uh, mixed in with the rest of the yeah, yeah. super bowl champs the running joke is that you know super bowl winning uh, wide receiver tom waddle <laughs> We
1: missed about but, one year uh,
2: yeah yeah hey it happens it happens but uh you know the bears did turn to the free market uh a free agent market to fill some of their wide receiver needs they had some interest in juju smith schuster formerly of my second favorite team the Steelers but he ended up signing with KC and according to Michael Fabiano the Bears were also very interested in wide receiver Robert Woods before he was traded to the Tennessee Titans for a six-round pick next year that seems like a wasted opportunity but again injured he was off of injury Ryan Poles is avoiding hurt players Mm -hmm. so instead they signed a pair of wide receivers first bringing in unrestricted free agent receiver Byron Pringle for a 1-year contract worth 4 million dollars it is a uh, prove it deal prove it you know see what you can do he's only 28 and he spent his first four NFL seasons with the Chiefs after signing with KC as an undrafted free agent in 2017 out of K-State after missing his entire rookie season doing it due to an injury he he sustained in the preseason finale Pringle appeared in 46 games with eight starts in the past 3 seasons so uh, I remember him being injured because he was one of these guys that i would pick up on a uh for Wait, fantasy football. well fantasy, yeah fantasy football and just kind of let him sit there but uh i didn't realize he was there for that long so um this guy is about 6'1 you know being around all those uh very speedy receivers over in kansas city you hope that you know he learned some really good uh, uh clear and crisp route running because that's one thing that uh darnell moody is actually pretty good at so as long as they they get their their routes good that means that uh you know justin fields is going to have really good timing with these guys so you know pretty young 28 years old let's see what he can do you only get a four year uh, one year four million dollar deal and uh you know it'll be interesting um they also signed free agent whiteout St. brown uh on a one-year contract we don't know what is the cost of that contract is at that time he is a younger guy uh is 25 years old he was selected by the packers in the sixth round of the 18 draft out of the one and only notre dame university he appeared in tw- uh, 37 games with 10 starts over three seasons he missed the whole 2019 campaign which is a uh interesting theme here uh, he did have an ankle injury in that year so both of the guys that they drafted or that they brought in as free agents missed an entire season at some point in their career uh, his brother, Aman Ra St. Brown, was drafted by Lions last year. A lot of people are saying that is the better St. Brown, so hopefully that's not the case, and we hopefully we get the good guy. And fun fact about them, their father, John Brown, was a bodybuilder who won Mr. Universe twice and Mr. World three times. So uh, strength runs in the family. Uh, very cool names runs in the family. Hopefully route running and touchdowns runs in the family as well.
1: These are the other great pickups. About- these are great pickups for the Bears because they're short term uh, contracts. They don't cost a lot. And uh, we get to see what these speedy guys uh, can do. And they're coming from uh, proven organizations. So, right now, what we're seeing is that Justin Fields is going to be uh, the priority is getting him protected so he has time to throw down the field for these speedy receivers uh, with Mooney and, and, and St. Brown and uh, uh, Mr. Pringles. You're um, he, going to have a lot of receivers. Now, We know mooney's not a number one so where's our number one receiver man
2: well i mean i think they're i think we know what they're doing right now they're trying uh they're trying out who is available right now right you they look at the draft right now and when you look forward to what the bears are going to be they're not really looking towards this season I think right now this year, when you when when the draft comes up at the end of the next month, their big targets are going to be offensive linemen. Even though they are going after one, uh, like an, another guy that they just picked off of that Packers roster, they took away an unrestricted free agent interior offensive lineman, Lucas Patrick, on a two-year deal worth eight million. Again, a nice cheap contract. Patrick is 28 years old. He spent his first six seasons with the Packers, appearing in 73 games with 34 starts. He is 6'3". 313 pounds he originally signed with green bay back in 16 as another undrafted free agent from duke he's gonna end up playing uh center for the bears and with patrick in the mix this offensive line is starting to shape up a little bit they brought back sam Mustafer and arlington hambright and they also will be relying on second year players larry barham and tevin jenkins uh, because Alex Bars signed with the Raiders and James Daniels signed with Pittsburgh. Now I know a lot of fans were very curious about the fact that they didn't try to retain James Daniels service uh, the year before. He had a torn pec and he was out for the year about halfway through the 2020 season and uh, we did not hear his name a lot last year, which means he didn't get a lot of penalties, but Alex Barrs and Mustafer coming over from Notre Dame, they were kind of uh, uh, a couple of guys that they relied on as I think they were both either uh, low Drag fix or unrestricted free agent or I mean uh, undrafted free agent draft uh players that the Bears brought in. But they're right now they're looking at Jenkins, who was supposed to be kind of a blue chipper kind of guy. Like I said before with Pace he loved those injured guys, and Borum was another guy that that they actually saw pretty good results out of last year. But these guys really need to bring it together because this whole line is young right now. So they might be going after a few more guys, but they got Uh, young man Patrick again from the Packers which you know the Packers are losing players left and right man
1: yeah what it looks like is that uh, you know up there in cheese land uh, one person uh, got all the cheese and everyone else got left with crumbs and everyone's starting to see that uh, someone's uh, a sports diva needs to be told that they're pretty every day so uh, everyone else is going to be like jumping ship like you know what I can't play with this dude if he's all about cashing the check off for himself and leaving no money for everybody else
2: yeah, I mean it's it's funny because you know we talked we saw your boy, somebody's boy, not my boy, maybe your boy. I don't know. A Aaron. A Aaron <laughs> took the whole bag for himself last week. He says, I'm taking all the Doritos and the crumbs and the bag, everything. And he left his boy, Devontae Adams, out in the cold. So he got traded over to the LA Raiders for a first and a second round pick uh this year. He immediately signed, signed a 5-year, $140 million contract and he reunites with his college quarterback Derek Carr. They both played back at Fresno State before being drafted in 2014. I mean like honestly I was uh, surprised at this. Did you see this coming at all? I mean, how do you think this is going to affect the Bears with the Packers losing one of the best wide receivers in football?
1: First, uh, they're in Vegas now. They moved from L.A. to Vegas, so they flipped the A to a V. <laughs> And um, <laughs> and now they're, they're definitely, there's no way anybody saw this happening. Everyone saw that he, he got tagged by the, by the organization and they were working on a contract, but they were so far apart and there was so much bad blood because he was mad that he got, uh, Aaron Rodgers got all the money and then they had to play him on the franchise tag and he was not going to play on a franchise tag. So your know, organization does what they're supposed to do and do uh, make themselves better. And they went and they got a trade and sent them over to uh, the Raiders over there in Vegas. And uh, you know what? Vegas is starting to look like a really good team in the AFC. But again, we said it earlier this on the show that the AFC is stacked from top to bottom, except for the Jaguars.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we take a quick look at uh, the full roundup of players that have either come or gone for the Bears pat o'donnell their former punter is now with the Bay packers uh we talked about james daniels alex bars and also Bilal nichols went over to the raiders joining some of these guys we're talking about right now and another piece is jakeem grant who they traded for mid-season to be their returner after they figured out that uh um your boy tree cone was not coming back he is now with the cleveland browns uh there was a lot of players here that they did not bring back uh damian williams is no longer with the team i know he signed somewhere else i don't know where yet uh Currently, the players that had their uh, their contract expired and currently do not have a deal with the Bears. Elijah Wilkinson from the offensive line, I believe he was drafted along with Hambright. Uh, Tease Tabor, whoever the hell that guy is. Uh, running back Ryan Nall. Linebacker Alec Ogletree, who I really liked and I'm interested to see where he's going because he I think he's going to find a nice situation for himself. Uh, the very old man, Jason Peters, is no longer on the team. Uh, Cat. Cass- Cassius Marsh, uh, uh, Marsh, who famously had that long hair and threw some shit at uh, mm-hmm. the Steelers. Uh, Christian Dones, who they originally drafted and went over to the Lions a few years ago, is no longer with the team. Uh, Jesse James is a free agent that they got from, um, I believe, the Steelers last year. Uh, another name that is very familiar to Bears fans, Jermaine Fetty, no longer with the Bears. He is currently unrestricted free agent. Uh, Bruce Irvin, uh, who they signed later on in the year. and Joel Joel. Bunye. That's how you're going to say that today. That's how that's going to go. Uh, another one is Marcus Hunt. Never heard of that guy. JP Holtz, the uh, tight end who uh, we saw a lot in preseason games. Uh, a- Keem Hicks uh, has not signed anywhere yet. Uh, and a couple of other names that we know. Uh, Marquise Goodwin. I'm wondering if they're going to look at him at all because he was a cheap option they can bring in. And uh, and he knows Justin Fields already. Um, Tayshawn Gibson, a very good uh, um cornerback coming out and we'll see what he can do and see see if the Bears take a look at him because they did bring back um, Houston Carson on a deal and uh, so they, they're still going to need that uh, uh defensive back help um one other your favorite player uh jimmy graham no longer with the team and dalton unrestricted xavier crawford Marquis christian uh deon bush uh arty burns and the other name that you might be familiar with is demir bird the wide receiver that was originally with the patriots so uh, a lot of players that they did not bring back um real quick who else uh sorry uh jesper back in the mix Jasper rehearsed the other kind of weird named uh tight end uh deandre houston carson like i said i might have said his name wrong first time but i said it right this time uh sam mustafer coming back with alex Barrs going over to the raiders like i said uh simmons is also back in the mix and then patrick scales who is their long snapper and uh last but not least the full list of the most recent free agents Uh, Justin Justin Jones came over from the LA Chargers, Nick Morrow is a player that came over from the Raiders as opposed to all of our players going over to the Raiders and he's going to play the linebacker for the Bears Uh, Muhammad we talked about a little bit earlier and then of course St. Brown, Patrick and Myron Pringle so that is a quick breakdown of the free agency tracker with the Bears and it'll be interesting to see what else they add and what they're going to do at the end of free agency but I'll tell you what if ryan poles is doing his job the entire thing is going to be affected by what he does in draft he is saving a shit ton a metric shit ton of elephant shit the biggest shit you can find he's saving all of that for next year's free agency class because he's going to be sitting on a lot of free agent money a lot of cap space with with everyone coming off the books that he got rid of last year Let me tell you some polls this is your trial run next year you better show us what you got and that's the bottom line and that's the bottom line
1: all right fans we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors
2: we all know that 2020 was no joke And with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on Careers to get started.
1: That's acsi.tech and click on Careers. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah, baby! It's that time again, brother. Uh Uh-oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for Stirring the Pot. All right, bro. Since uh, our guests have had the uh, controls to the Stirring the Pot, I decided to grab the wheel and propose this question to you, sir. I saw this thing on Instagram, and I just have to bring it to your attention. Would you? would you eat a deep fried guri- uh, gyro or yele burrito
2: let me let me explain something to you yes sir I know I know I know the listeners out there uh, are, are listening and instead of watching it's uh, fat men love food especially yeah. deep fried food mm-hmm. especially deep fried food and other deep fried food I mean so I think this is a very Easy and astounding yes Because that shit sounds delicious <laughs> uh, You could I mean, so You probably deep fry a big toe And I'll dip that shit in chocolate I mean come on Like that shit looks good
1: I, I'm not gonna lie I gotta find out where they can make this Because it's pretty much It's, it's like a a, a a Yido chimichanga That's pretty much what it is Because that's, that's what a chimichanga is A deep fried burrito I mean Who doesn't like a yido And then they deep fry it And then they, you know They put the onions and the tomatoes And, and the tzatziki sauce in there I'm down We need to find out where they got these.
2: This is like one of those things that you you eat once in your life and never again. But you eat it so you can
1: say that you ate it. 1,000%. Like, yeah, I tasted that. It was great. I I felt like I had a heart attack right after. But, yeah, sure, I tasted it.
2: Like, did you have more than one? No. But You can see me standing here, can't you? (laughs) I made it, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, so, yeah your your job is to uh, find out where this is and we can get it going and uh yeah and go get our heart attack on bro that's that's what's it hey here's the thing I'm just glad that you agree with me again because it means that oh am right? That's just 100 percent what that means. So if we agree, that means I'm right. Do You see how that works? That's oh, a beautiful man. thing. I, I love it. My favorite part is how you you, you held the the your, the fic, the picture of it on your phone up to the camera on the zoom, <laughs> and even though you still made managed to make me right, I love it. I mean, oh my god! I don't know if that's a a birthday gift or what that was, but I appreciate you, brother. <laughs>
1: oh boy you know what i'm gonna send you off on your trip on a happy note and let you say <laughs> you're right and uh yeah we'll make that nice and loud on the show that you are right sir there you go you are cor- you are correct
2: you are correct you are you are the father of correctness anyway uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: before we go what you looking at what are you watching that isn't sports sir
1: I mean, that's hard to do with the NCAA, the NFL, the NBA, MLB, uh, MLS, and every other acronym you can think of that has a sport. It's all going on right now. So right now, the only two things that I was able to watch was Winning Time, which I watched this morning was episode two, and I know episode three is coming out as we are recording. So I'll watch that as soon as we finish here. And then the new movie by uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's on Netflix. It's called Project Adam dude i heard about project
2: adam that sounds so cool um i I like ryan reynolds in general i think he's funny i think he's interesting so i mean like you know i just watched free guy uh twice last time before we spoke so i mean like it's kind of cool that we get a double dose of ryan reynolds deadpool himself uh, to, to to for your viewing pleasure i'm definitely going to check out that movie i've heard a lot of cool things about it how did you like it
1: i think it's a really cool story it's uh it's all about the time travel and and so forth and then the the kid who plays him as a young uh, version of himself he is literally uh speaking ryan reynolds if you know what I, if you can understand what i'm saying there so he is freaking hilarious because it's ryan reynolds words coming out of a small kid's mouth and i'm like yeah this is my life and teaching this is exactly what the kids sound like and uh, this is exactly what i sound like to them so uh <laughs> it is a great show there's a bunch of, uh, of snarky laughs in there um the concept is great uh and obviously it, it's it's sci-fi so i'm 100 I'm down with it
2: yeah that's gonna be something i'm gonna catch before we go on vacation or, or try to watch it in the in the in the car maybe on the way because i can't i can't drive that way my wife is a saint because she does all that i can't i cannot drive like that my sitting in that same spot with my my leg jacked up against that pedal all those hours drives me crazy so uh i'll be playing playing games or doing stuff on my phone she's driving the whole time uh but yeah i mean i'm excited to watch that one Uh, i gotta i i gotta see i think i watched that second oh i did watch the second episode of, of winning Time. Uh, where he's like all up on old girl and she's like get off me dude like what's your problem he thought he was he thought it was somebody he wasn't so it'll be interesting to see what goes on in the next episode um so being that i have children in my house of course we watch the newest disney and pixar offering called seeing red uh no turning red turning red it's a different title than the one i said oh yeah turning red essentially (laughs) this is set in like this is set and i want to say like 2000 or so like late 90s early 2000 and the story is essentially may lee is a 13 year old girl who is torn between being her mother's obedient daughter and the chaos of her youth as if that were not enough when she gets too excited she turns into a big red panda uh it was fucking funny man it was yeah. funny there was some um there was a A little bit of controversy surrounding it because part of the part of the movie, this 13 year old young lady, uh, when she realizes what happens to her turning into the big red panda, uh, she's hiding in the bathroom and her mom comes up and says, may may, are you okay?" Uh, And she goes, I'm a big red monster. So what does her mom do? Her mom goes and gets a bunch of pads and tampons and says. Okay, this is your first time and trying to explain it to her. And she's like, no, ma, that's not it. And there was a lot of parents upset saying that how dare you include someone getting their period in a kid's movie. And I would like to uh, remind you that you technically get your period as a young woman when you are a child. That is when it works during your childhood. So why would this not be a child-based Theme. This is a normal thing for every every uh, young woman to go through, so stop being so fucking weird about what's going on with kids. It's not sexualizing anything. It's telling you about, hey, this is a part of life and that is very embarrassing and awkward as hell when you're a 13, uh, 13-year-old lady. And let me explain something to you. I got a 12-year-old in my house, so we know all about that shit, bro. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Uh, thank God that that's you and not me. I get to talk to them and then let them go home and deal with those um, bodily issues oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what else are you watching man
2: uh so yeah a couple other things is uh human resources is basically based on the uh the show big mouth the hormone monsters and the uh uh was it the 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 love fairy the love bug and all that stuff well basically this is the human resources department of those monsters where they find all of their jobs and where they do all their duties and who they're assigned to so uh it's pretty interesting the same cast of characters that you remember from big mouth is back uh you got the hormone monster you got the uh, the jealous kitty and all this other stuff and it's really funny to see them interact with each other and if you're a fan of big mouth this is definitely something that you need to be checking out
1: definitely put it on the list to watch man. thanks
2: yeah, animation, adult animation. There's nothing better than that. No. Um, and the last thing that we watched, like, I love adult animation. I mean, I've always, I've always been all over it. Um, uh, but yeah, the last thing that we watched last night is the new Scream movie. And guess what? It wasn't on Netflix. It was on Paramount. So how you like that? How you? I moved off to Netflix. I got one Netflix show. I got one Disney movie, and I got a Paramount show. How you? How you like that for streaming services, ladies and gentlemen? Look at you diversifying. I diversified my portfolio, and uh, yeah, I actually used the paid service that I'm paying for. Um, Scream, yeah, I mean, like, uh, definitely uh, an homage to the very first original one. Uh, interesting enough, very gory, just like you expect Scream to be. I mean, it's just, you know, to me, they're all kind of corny and goofy, but uh, my wife loves these these slasher films. She always has. She grew up watching them. My daughter and I sat there and wait. Well, as soon as the knife comes out, I, I take the, uh, the bill of my hat. I lean it down so I don't gotta watch anyone getting stabbed, and when that's over, I don't have to th- look at that shit. I mean, if if that's your thing, it was entertaining. Uh, if it's not your thing, then uh, sucks to be you.
1: I mean, I'll jump on it. and I'll watch it just because of nostalgia, because you know we that came out in our era in the '90s and so forth, and it was you know a pretty out there movie, and now it's just like it, it, it seems like a parody at this point. I mean, I'll give it a shot just yeah, like I said, closing the book on, on a series that I've watched, just like I did The Fast and Furious. I didn't like the last movie, it was stupid. But I, I can say I watched it and I wasted two hours on it. So well, I'll give it a shot at some point during this week. Um, the one thing that did come out that uh, uh, I can't remember what streaming service it came out to, probably HBO, is the new uh, the Halloween movie from last year. Uh, would you be watching that?
2: Um, I I think i've seen all of them already or is there, is there a new one coming
1: out the new one halloween i think it came out last year 2021
2: uh we probably watched that already oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure we watched that. it just do came. i remember this story? no
1: oh definitely. yeah no. well i'll give that a I, shot I, and i'll, I'll, I'll report back next week
2: yeah because i mean it's, it's not you know I, it's one of those things that i'm sure we watch i'm trying to if i look at the synopsis i'll probably you know jog my memory so if, if i'll try to uh uh see if I, I remember anything about it this week but one thing i won't be watching no more maury bro it's going off the air it's gonna it's gonna end and maury's gonna be re- retiring man
1: I, I think he heard the show last <laughs> week and said i had enough of this <laughs> shit
2: yeah it, yeah maury the maury povis show which was shortened uh the name was shortened to maury it's gonna uh end after three decades and uh yeah i guess uh looking at this real <laughs> right here the, uh, from the studio it says Maury and I decided two years ago that this season would be the farewell season for the show and while his retirement is bittersweet we're so happy for him to be able to spend more time on the golf course so uh, along with uh, Ellen who was another person who had a long time talk show Maury Provich is going to have to father his own children now instead of worrying about everyone else's baby daddy
1: not really if he's going golfing
2: well you know he's, he's, he's going to find all the holes he can on the course Wow. Yeah. So much for dad jokes. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingcode.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 to checkout for 15% off of your entire order that's true fan 15 go and get your shirts right now and don't forget to visit our guy danny and his crew over at acsi.tech and check out the career section to start an exciting new career in the communications industry go to acsi.tech that's acsi.tech and click on careers to apply today and get your spring going right don't forget to check out our boy enrique calderon his new singles coming out March 26 and check him out on youtube and all streaming platforms i know you're excited about that
1: definitely run that again because you broke up it literally chopped up the whole thing go ahead one two three in the beginning just uh then enrique calderon that thing went all over the place okay three two
2: and don't forget to check out our boy Enrique Calderon. His new seals coming out March 26th. Happy birthday to me. And check him out on YouTube and all streaming platforms, bro. I know you're excited about
1: this. Definitely excited. Can't wait to finish listening to that song because we only got a preview.
2: Nah, that's it, bro. So, <laughs> hey, guess what? March 26th, you got to wait like the rest of us. Uh, shout out to our friends at the Some of This and Some of That podcast with jo- Coach Mo and Tease. Check them out on your favorite streaming service. And don't forget to check out the Chai Native Radio podcast, now available on all major platforms. Mike, Logic, Ideal, and ThrowMC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. And don't sleep. Mike Logic's new album, as I was saying, is now available. Check out mikelogic.bandcamp.com, m i c l o g i k.bandcamp.com. Uh, he is also doing Shy Native Nights. Go on Facebook and find Shine Native and Shine Native Radio. They're doing Shine Native Nights once a month, so you get a local and live music back after all this uh, time being inside. Go and check them out. And don't forget the new music video for one of my favorite songs, "So Low." It's now available to watch on youtube shout out to ronesh panic serious beats and custom made for the beats we play on today's show check out paniconthebeat.com for all your Moldman merch and gear and make sure you check out this absolutely dope collaboration from serious beats and custom made their new beat tape treasured paintings is available now go check out serious x beats.com don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy fans on Twitter. That's at TrueCHIFans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and hit us up on the DMs. Uh, tell us about your stirring the pot ideas, your movie and show recommendations, and just tell us what you think about the show. You can also reach us at TrueChicagoSportsFans at gmail.com. All right, y'all, for Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 89. Until then, be good to each other
1: for the love of sports. Swish. Happy
2: birthday.
0: (laughs) A few moments later.
2: You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos! B- b- that's off! Uh, oh. uh, I shouldn't have had those artichokes poppers.